But then you transform you in the I hate a storm, hell Mary's I make it poor Good I ain't lying, you little giants We been defying, right? What's the cost? Be the boss, breaking down the walls. We all lean once the coin gets tossed. Got the pound of action, never acting. No need to scramble to get traction. We make it happen. From three fours to four three. The founder of Slapdick Podcast, Slapdick uh, Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars, and the author of uh, Hit Me Now, Love Me Later. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jason Brown. Straight, no chaser, real raw and uncut. Coach, every time you come on, I laugh, I learn something, and then I fear that somebody's going to be incredibly pissed off with what you said all around hustler make no mistake about it i've done this a long time try to eliminate this soft society we have there's legend Hate me now, love me later, like my book says. This was presented by Slapdick Whiskey. Hey, Hell yeah. Hey, Slapdick yeah. Whiskey's good, so are the Stogies. Some real thought, real good flavor on these things, and the burn is excellent. Beautiful burn. Okay. Yes, sir. Slapdick Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars. Be true to yourself and see if, if if some shit changes for the for the worse or for the better. They asked me to do a podcast. They said, let's call it the Slapdick Podcast. What up, what up, what up, YouTubers in the house on this fearless Friday, 1 p.m., June 24th, 2022. Appreciate everybody coming on in. Make sure you pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. If you're not a member, the best $1.99 you can buy. We're going to come after it on this fearless Friday. We have no fear. Hopefully, you don't have any fear with me. Uh, A lot to discuss. A couple special guests coming on. Uh, should be a great show, and then next week we start back five days a week, starting on Merciless Monday, 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on YouTube. So I appreciate everybody coming back in. Um, make sure you head on over to CoachJBStore.com. The vodka launched last night. Um, Fine-looking bottle right here. The vodka dropped last night. We did a couple lives. I got pretty fucked up. The vodka is very, very floral and smooth. Uh, let me tell you, don't do a bunch of fucking social media lives and make a bunch of drinks. Holy shit. But anyway, uh, it is out. Head on over to CoachJBStore.com right there. Get you a bottle. $24.95. Get you some. It's cheap. Uh, I would say buy two bottles just so this, for the simple fact that shipping is only $2 more if you buy two bottles. So uh, shipping's a bitch in this country right now, just like all the issues we have in this country. So... Head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Also, you can get you some gear, posters, signed books, signed poster, hoodies, hats, you name it. We got it. So, appreciate everybody coming on in. Um, appreciate you, Mark C. Um, so, a lot to discuss here on this uh, Fearless Friday. Uh, this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Make sure you head on over to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and gets you 50% off. Welcome bonus, first deposit. Um, MMA this weekend, baseball's in full swing, NHL hockey, fucking maybe it's a wrap tonight. Um, lot to discuss, lot to discuss. Head on over to betonline.ag, use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Show's also, also brought to you by, um, Blue Chew, new sponsor of this, new proud sponsor of the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later podcast. We'll get into that later. But Blue Chew, for all you limp, limp dick fucks out there, get you some Blue Chew. Keep your wee wee hard, unlike Deshaun Watson that suffers from micro penisism. Um, 
But anyway, Fearless Friday, man. We got a lot to discuss. I'm going to get into the quote of the day first. Get you the quote of the day. Very simple one. Very to the point. Um, you've all heard it before. Uh, I just want to remind some of you guys, since we are on a Friday, uh, you should see the ticker on the bottom, quote of the day. Don't count the days. Make the days count. Very simple quote. We use it a lot in football. Use it a lot in life. Um, a lot of you guys don't do it, though. You count the days. You don't make the days count. Count the days makes the days longer. Make them count. Work goes by fast. And accomplishing something is not the same as hoping for something. We don't have the we don't know the difference. We don't understand the difference between a hope and a wish and a prayer and actually blood, sweat, and tears and getting shit done. We don't get that no more. This country's lost that shit. We're so fucked over. It's not even close. Um, anyway, contrary to belief is something I wanted to talk about too. It's also kind of like a quote. It's also brought to you by BetOnline and Bluetooth.com. Contrary to belief segment of this show. Um, it's going to be okay at the end. How many of you guys heard that? How many of you guys have heard that? It's going to be okay at the end. It's going to be okay. What you guys don't understand is it's going to be okay at the end. Well, if it's not okay, it's not the fucking end. Contrary to your belief, if it's not okay, it's not the fucking end yet. So it's going to work out. Keep grinding. Keep battling. Keep fucking pedaling. It's a ga- It's a fucking marathon. It ain't a sprint. A lot of you motherfuckers think it's a sprint, man, and you're supposed to get the shit done. You bunch of quick nut motherfuckers. You bunch of quick stroke, three, four pumps, and you done. Ah, you motherfuckers can't handle the pussy. That's what it is. You motherfuckers can't handle the fucking pussy. You better get some Bluetooth in your life, motherfuckers. You some quick nut motherfuckers. Um, you all want instant gratification without putting any work in. You don't, you don't want to wear that out. You can't wear out that ass. You don't want to break that back. You want to quick nut and get on. Because you're a user, you're a abuser, you're a lazy, limp dick fuck. And that's what America is right now. Um, poll question. Like, not really that I give a fuck, but a lot of people, you know, always ask me about it. And I don't really give a fuck. But the poll question today is, where does Kyrie end up at? I don't really care. If he becomes a Laker, I will not watch Laker games anymore. That's just simply what it is. I already don't like LeBron that much. But I can watch LeBron at least. He makes his teams better usually. Kyrie, I don't give a fuck. Kyrie can go wherever. He can go to fucking Kazakhstan or fucking Iraq for all I give a fuck. He's a cowardly bitch-made cat. That's what he is. I have no respect for the motherfucker at all. He's a fucking thief. The motherfucker steals money. That's what the motherfucker does because that's what he's doing. Shit. I, I mean, I don't see how he's not. I don't see how motherfuckers is, is okay with it. That's why I'm okay with the live golfers. Live golfers, shit. They should have fucking, they should be getting paid like a motherfucker. They got to pay out their own pocket. Shit. I'm, I'm not mad at live at all. Um, Anyway, first and ten intro of the show. We're at first and ten. We got a lot to discuss. We got to hurry up. We got to go through this because I got some guests coming on. Uh, Cash Daniel, if you're familiar, football star at Kentucky. Uh, my former player, Last Chance You star, Raheem Boyd. We're going to catch up with him, see where he's been, what's been going on, what's he got cooking. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I got to share, after today's 
um, Supreme Court ruling, um, I have to be honest, like, this is how everybody should be looking. You all should be looking like that. Like, this is who runs our country. Motherfuckers like this. This is who we have running our shit, just so you know. But this fucking lunatic-looking bitch right here, she looks like she's fake as fuck. A lot of you motherfuckers should use her if you're going to catfish with these filters and shit. Might as well use this bitch. Because you motherfuckers coming out with these filters and shit, women? Holy shit. You guys are coming out with these filters? Oh, they look worse than this shit when I see you in person. It's fucking comical. Um, I, I don't know, man. Slapdick of the day, though. Slapdick of the day segment is, is also brought to you by Bluetooth. Slapdick has to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. The slapdick of the day clearly goes to the Supreme Court. Um, and uh, You is slapdick pretty Why much. Why you call me slapdick? Because my dick slapped me across your face. <laughs> That's what happened to that bitch right now. You just saw her eye looking like that. Um, Slapdick is a U.S. is a U.S. Supreme Court today. They they failed. They failed, in my opinion. Um, they failed females and and uh, women. It's crazy how split. I could talk about this all day. I don't want to get into it too much because I'll stay on it for the whole time. But. The Roe versus Wade, after 50 years being in Congress, has basically been vetoed. Um, by the way, all you guys out there, I want to make sure we're clear, contrary to belief, it takes a vote to overturn that. You guys do know who voted in majority, right? Just for all you fucking backwood Trump fans out there. I'm not either way. You know me. I'm impartial. I give a fuck about Trump. I give a fuck about Biden. I think they're both crooked, criminal, pedophile fucks. But your Republican Party voted for this. Just so we're clear. I want to make sure you understand. Only two Democrats had a shot at it. And it took all the Republicans to outvote them motherfuckers. So I want to make sure you understand who voted for this motherfucking deal. So we're so fucking... We're so torn in this country, dog. And divided. Not only black and white. Not only fucking red and blue. Not only left and right. We're divided in every fucking aspect of this whole fucking thing. We're so divided. We lack the in leadership in such a bad way. Half of my body's like, fuck, dude, you should be the president of this motherfucker. I whipped this bitch back in place. Um, but I don't know, man. I, 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 it's, it's, uh, it's very disturbing. It's very disturbing to see... That this happened. I mean, I'm just being honest. Um, I don't believe a man should have anything to do with the woman's body as far as putting something in place if you've never been a woman. But that clearly, clearly shows how how fucked over we are in life. You know, gun gun violence and gun control has less care we have less care about that than we do for female fucking their own bodies like we've been in their bodies like i can't believe we've been in their bodies um you haven't been in their body even though a lot of you fucks think you're transgender and all that shit you think you want to be a woman you think you could change and cut your dick off you think you become a woman you don't motherfucker you don't and uh i don't believe we should have anything to do with uh fucking the outcome of a female um 
It is what it is. We got fucked. I think females got fucked. Disney came out and dropped a thing to their employees saying, we will fly you to get an abortion. I bet you that doesn't hurt their market uh, with kids being their sole demographic. I don't think that's going to help. That's going to hurt their fucking demographic. But at the same time, I guess it's easier to give off, uh, you know, sick leave than paternity leave. It's probably a lot cheaper for them. So, you know, they're looking for the dollar. Uh, they don't give a fuck. They'll give them an abortion, of course. But uh, I don't know what America's become, man. We're at, we are going backwards. I just feel it. I'm being honest with you. We are headed backwards. I don't give a fuck if you're a right winger, leftist. I don't give a fuck what you are. Blue, red, black, white. We are going backwards. I don't give a fuck where you stand. We are so fucked up morally in this fucking country. And we have no fucking value system. We don't know shit about it. Um, we have nothing. We don't know what the fuck to go, where to go. There's no leadership. And leaders create more leaders, not more followers. We have created more followers in the last 20 years than I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. We've created more followers than I have seen in the last 20 years. And there is no leaders. Lack of leaders. We got so many issues. I could talk about this shit all day long. I think girl, women got fucked over. I think it's their choice, their right to uh, do what they want. Um, all these pro-life, pro-baby, all this shit is going on. Yeah, that's cool. But if they're, you know, this, is, this hasn't been an issue for 50 years because at the end of the day, I'm torn. You know, I'm, I'm, I, of course, I don't want to kill nobody. But at the same time, um, you know, these babies have not been on this earth. They haven't stepped foot in this. They don't know what's going on. There's, they're basically at the zygote level. If you guys don't know what that is, go look it up. It's pre-embryo. They're not an embryo quite yet. Go look it up. Now, if you kill them with a fucking seven months old in the body, yeah, fucking sure. But there's a major, major issue. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think we're, we're, uh, I just think it's fucked up, man. I think it's fucked up, and I think women got fucked on this one. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Matt Adams, uh, Chicago Bears linebacker, was arrested for having fucking bullet-piercing weapons in the car. What are we doing? Like, motherfuckers cannot figure it out. These million-dollar motherfuckers cannot. They just can't be more ignorant. They cannot be more ignorant and, 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 and just can't figure it out. Like, it fucking blows my mind. Again, take another step backwards. Um, I don't even know where to begin, man. This all kind of, it's kind of it's, it's shocking. It's kind of showing, you know, me what's going on. Um, but this is some shit you should see. Um, Kendall now is pregnant. Um, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, Kendall has become pregnant. Okay. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastic fibers that are toxic and cunning. Could they end up in you, your bodies? I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, I really don't. Tell. Barbie's boyfriend is getting a much needed and way more inclusive makeover. Introducing pregnant Ken. He's a man with a baby. He's definitely male and not a lady. His belly lets you know he's pregnant, and his beard lets you know he's a man. Because men can get pregnant just like women. In fact, 
there's no definition of women. We literally have no idea what a woman is. Pregnant Ken does all the normal things every birthing person does, like chest feed, then hide his breasts with chest binders. He rocks baby to sleep with his supple masculine arms. And Ken, being a man and therefore a good driver, can even put baby in the back of the car for a fun drive around town. But not everyone in Barbie world is as open-minded as Ken. Men can't get pregnant? Hey, wait a minute! You're just a woman on hormones! Shut up, bigot! Tell your birthing people to buy you a pregnant Ken today! Because why should women be the only ones who can experience the miracle of getting an abortion? My body, my choice! Available in the non-gender specific toy aisle at Target, adjacent to the chest binders for kids. Not legal for sale in Florida, Texas, or Saudi Arabia. Pregnant Ken, not actually a man. Oh, dog. I'm just telling you, homie. I just gotta be honest. You, all you uh, feminists out here and all this shit that think that you being a feminist is actually a good thing for your women in the world, you're wrong. You're so fucking wrong. To take over a place, a planet, a world, you need to get rid of the alpha males in it. That is what you're seeing and done in front of your very eyes. You are seeing the alpha males being deteriorated right before your eyes. With this type of propaganda that is totally marketing, the marketing ploy of this to attack the youth in our country, the babies and the young kids, um, the most vulnerable and influential, influential, uh, influential demographic age-wise in our country is kids, and we're fucking going after kids. Ah, dog, I don't even know what to say no more. It's fucking, it's, it blows my mind, man. It really is. Um, it's crazy. Uh, but I'm not going to stay on it. We're going to get to it later on after the guests come on. Uh, Kendall's pregnant. I mean, fuck me, homie. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Um, we have no leadership. We're so fucked up. Democrat and Republican are fucked. You both should be ashamed of your motherfucking selves, to be honest with you. Um, four policemen in Tijuana. Tijuana, Mexico. Tijuana, Mexico. All right, TJ, right up the street from here. They were suspended. Listen to what I said. They were suspended after raping an American tourist with a broom and killing him. Only a suspension in Mexico. Just so you know, you can broom fuck a motherfucking asshole, kill him, and you're good. You can be suspended and right back. Don't even trip. Eddie Manyweather, are you a producer of my show, homie? Because you kill me with your fucking want me to move on and shit. You know why? I, uh, no offense to you. I'm just going to offend you anyway. The reason people like you want to move on, because you motherfucker can't handle the truth, homie. I'm just keeping it real, homie. Real spit. You from Watts, homie. You a motherfucker got some soft skin sometimes, dog. Motherfuckers need to hear shit that's real. Because it ain't going to change if you keep fucking saying move on, motherfucker. Do you understand that shit? You ain't going to change shit, homie, if you think we're going to just move on past the shit. You act like it's your fucking show, homie. Miss me with your narrative, dog. I got this motherfucker, unless you're sitting in this seat, which you ain't never did. So keep your fucking comments to yourself, homie, unless you call in with your Boost Mobile phone having ass. Um... The last one I got to take on... See, we're too fucking scary in this country, dog. We're fucking scared, homie. 
We can't affect. We can't. We can't handle the truth in this motherfucker. That's the real shit. We can't handle the truth. That's the problem. Um, can't handle the truth. Mike Bundy, eat a dick. You're fake news, bitch. Um, so this is the issue. Um, I gotta share this, man. I gotta share this. Um, <clears throat> hey, so you try to. Do you ever look at Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going yeah, on inside their head? Today, California lawmakers sent Governor Gavin Newsom a controversial bill. If signed, it would bar police from making arrests for loitering for prostitution. Democratic State Senator Scott Weiner and other supporters say arrests disproportionately target transgender, black, and Latino women. Critics see it as an erosion of... Dog, so we're now going to allow prostitution um, here in California... But did you hear the reason why? The sole reason why we're going to allow prostitution is because the police are arresting more transgender prostitutes than men and women. Dog, if you don't see the fucking shit stacking up and adding up from everything that I just showed you between Barbie fucking Kendall, which is fake or not, I don't give a fuck. That shit is coming down the pipe. The fucking commercial might have been fake, but the narrative ain't. <laughs> Please believe it. Um, prostitution now um, being allowed. Now, this is my take on the prostitution thing. I'm not totally against it, by the way. I'm not totally against legalizing prostitution. I mean, for the for a simple fact of we got way more shit out here that is allowed. So I don't see the big issue. Amsterdam's been one of the cleanest cities in the world, have allowed prostitution, weed, uh, you name it, for, for basically 100 years. So I don't, I'm not really totally against the whole prostitution thing because there's tons, tons of, uh, of worse shit out there. Um, but uh, we're headed towards legalizing it here in my home state. And, hey, shit, it is what it is, man, I guess, you know. Um, fuck it. I mean, I don't agree with the pimps and the, and, the, and the whole running and all that shit. But if you legalize it, hey, but now we're trying to legalize it because of transgenders. And the guy, ironically, the guy's name is Scott Weiner. And uh, I saw that, Isaiah. Uh, he's also the guy's trying to lower the age of consensual sex, if you haven't heard about this guy. Dog, we're, we're fucked. I'm just telling you. Anyway, uh, I got a top five uh, dead or alive I want to share with you real quick. Today's top five, uh, we got two of them, but today I'm going to talk about my top five automobiles. My top five automobiles, all right? So you can see them on the ticker below. Uh, obviously, number five is my Ferrari F8 Spider. I'm going to own one one day. I got a Cadillac EXT. I love it to death. It's my baby. A 65 Buick Riviera, which I do also own. Um, if you've never seen one, you should look it up. Um, a 1963 Corvette Stingray split window. If you, have, if you have never seen one, go in the back. Go Google it. Um, right along with my 12-inch around dick that you'll see on Google and my $100 million net worth. 
Go look at the split window. Um, go look at the split window. Um, Stingray. All right. My dad had one when I was a little baby. Um, one of the bitchiness cars ever, right? And then my number one car, um, truck, actually, automobile, is a uh, 1955 truck. Um, if you haven't seen one, there it is on my screen there with you. That's my all-time favorite vehicle. And this right here is something I'm trying to get a, a, a shell of, and I want to do what that looks like. I'm going to do that to it. Um, that's my dream car right there. A lot of people don't know that. That motherfucker right there is um, is a cold motherfucker. See, I'll kill a motherfucker over that shit. If you fuck that car up, that truck up, see, I would never park that truck. That truck would be strictly for cruising. I'd put a little sound in it. And that motherfucker would sound like a boat driving down the street. That motherfucker's hard. My dad had one when I was young, too. Um, I got to find the right one. And uh, I'm going to get me one of those motherfuckers. That's one. That's my top five automobiles uh, right there. So uh, I'll, I'll see it on Twitter later that your, your top five automobiles city. Where's the fucking GT Mustang? Where's the fucking... Shut the fuck up. It's my list, motherfucker. That's why. Motherfuckers get... I can't... <laughs> Where... Uh, dog, I got so much... Sorry, they put my top five tight ends on Twitter. Oh, my God. That motherfucker... Can't. Where's Witten at? Do you see the motherfucker on me? He ain't on the list, right? Bitch boy. I can't stand these motherfuckers on fucking... Domingo Rao, you're a follower just like you are not a member, motherfucker. Because if you think I'm ever going to fucking drive a Tesla, you got me super fucked up. I will never drive one of them motherfucking non-gasoline motherfucking plug-in ass fucking RC cars. Got me fucked up if you ever think I'll drive a fucking chargeable car. Please. Um... I'll never drive one of them motherfuckers. Them motherfuckers are shit shows. I wouldn't drive a fucking... I wouldn't drive a fucking Tesla if you became a member, Domingo. Shit. I could never fuck with it. Um, this show is brought to you by Blue Chew. Make sure you understand Blue Chew is the motherfucker. So head on over to Blue Chew and listen to this. Proud ad. sponsor of the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later podcast. Is Bluetooth. Head on over to Bluetooth.com. Being intimate with your partner should be the best part of your day. When you get to have it, don't let whatever happened during your day get in your head and ruin the fun. The chewables from Bluetooth.com can make your day a better one. It'll make sure you're able to perform at your best when you get the opportunity to have fun. Every man wants a winning team. Front row seats to the big game and a partner to heat things up in the bedroom. Blue Chew can help with the last one. Make sure you head on over. Don't be a slapdick. Get you some Blue Chew. Use it today. You don't want to be laughed at in the bed, gentlemen. And your ladies don't want to go chase somebody else down because you can't get it up. Head on over to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and tell them that I sent you. Get you $5 off shipping using the promo code BELIEVE, and you can receive your first month free. BlueChew.com. Tell them I sent you. Peace.
The side effects for Blue Chew for me, Brian, is I'm going to wear your girl out. She's going to be fucked over. She ain't never going back home, motherfucker. That's the side effects. I will wear uh, back out. So you are fucked, literally and figuratively, if you give me Blue Chew. But I've never had Blue Chew, so I couldn't tell you what the fuck Blue Chew does. Um, so, you know, I, I couldn't do it. I haven't had to knock on wood. I haven't had that issue, Jada. I haven't had that issue needing that uh, that kick. You know what I'm saying? I haven't had that problem. So we'll, we'll, we'll fucking we'll see what happens. But, um, hey, no, wait, we're waiting for the, uh, the man to come on in. He is... Uh, with no further ado, we're going to bring on our guest, former Kentucky Wildcat um, star. Um, we're going to find out and listen to him and, and talk, chop it up with him. I'm eager to talk to him, and um, I appreciate Mr. Cash Daniel joining us on the show. Cash, what up, brother? Coach, what's going on, man? How you doing? Thanks man, I'm good, man. Today, man. I'm good. I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm actually leaving the golf course right now. I just got done playing the shittiest round of golf. That oh, is that I've right? Played in my life. Where yeah, you I play at? I need to stick to. Uh, I'm up here in Lexington, man. I think that's why I need to stick to uh, bass fishing and turkey hunting. I think that's uh, golf's a little out of my uh, a little out of my comfort zone. <laughs> you got to get with Pat McAfee, man. Go to Tahoe and get in this damn Tahoe thing. Um, oh man, that was the, that was the last time I saw you on there, man. That was a hell of a job, bro. Yeah, man, it's a. Uh, you know, I, I I follow around a good friend of mine, Pat Perez. He's on the he's on and now he's on the live. He left the PGA uh, last week, but uh, I go around with him, man. He's a good dude. He, so I got to meet a lot of these Dustin Johnsons, DeChambeau. I got to meet all these guys over the last six months, and um, I'd be I was surprised they were fans of mine. I had to do a lot of book signing. It was good deal. It was a fun deal, man. But they're they're very very. Uh, interesting guys man the golfers are i got a lot of respect for these dudes independent contractors man they're they're really on their own you know what i'm saying there's no nil deals there's no nike there's no nothing you got to go out and get it and uh i don't know a lot of th a lot of shit man a lot of, a lot of shit man um so you're, you're in lexington now uh yes sir lexington kentucky what'd you what'd you shoot Oh man, I I uh, I stopped keeping uh, stopped keeping score after hole eight. I was like, man, you know what? Uh, you know the game's not uh, not too smooth right now. Once we make this turn, we're gonna crack into them twelve ounce curls and see what we can do. <laughs> hey, so when'd you play at Kentucky? Man, I was there uh, 2016 to 2019. So uh, my first year was when uh, we got to our first bowl game since uh, since 2011. And I was on the teams that uh, that went to the you know the Citrus Bowl and won against Penn State, and then the uh, my last year was when we uh, ended up going to the Belt Bowl and playing Virginia Tech. So I got uh, I got finished up at nineteen right before COVID hit. Did you uh, did you play with Lonnie Johnson? I did, man. Lonnie's one of my boys. I was gonna say you being a big JUCO guy, man. I mean that was uh, you know one of our primetime guys that came out of a JUCO, and uh, you know seeing him what he does in the league right now, man. It's just. Uh, it's awesome to turn the tube on to see your boys out there making plays. So yeah, oh, yeah. Lonnie. Well, you know, you know, Lonnie's he's my kid, my right? Yeah, I know, man. He's. Uh, I, I, I drove his ass from California to Kansas. Thing. I drove his ass from fucking L.A. to Kansas. <laughs> so he, so I brought him to Garden City before I left Garden City to go to Independence. I, I got him to Garden City. He ended up staying there, obviously, with the coach. And then you got, you also got Terry Wilson, who also played with at Garden City. Um, he yep. was a quarterback that. Ironically, believe it or not, man, 
we turned down. His best friend was uh, one of our big-time linemen. They were high school teammates out in Oklahoma City. They, we had Malik Henry, and we were pretty loaded. And, and uh, I still talk to his mother to this day. Uh, we're on social media. We talk very cordially all the time. So we had a good relationship. And he didn't want to come battle with Malik. I didn't want to hit the issue. I was like, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. And ironically, we ended up sacking him in our game to win the title. We ended up sacking him to beat Garden City that year before he came over to you guys and had a hell of a career there with you guys and uh, did a great job. So that just kind of tells you how that Juco shit is, is, is uh, you know, how talented it is. You know what I mean? It was anyway before uh, transfer portals, but. Um, oh, yeah, man. I mean, you look at what, uh, you know, so many guys that's come out of Juco programs, it's made such a big impact that, you know, not only at their Division One programs, but when they go on to the league, you know, I mean, you see, you know, multiple first-round draft picks end up going to the Juco route, so. You know, I mean, uh, for anybody, you know, that thinks that, you know, you got to go Juco and you think your career is dead, bullshit. No, oh, yeah. You, know, you go there and play some, come play some of the best damn football you ever played in your life. So, yeah, they don't you know, get props it. Props off to uh, all them guys, man, for real. Yeah, they don't get it, man. <laughs> hey, you you got some familiarity with some big time guys. I heard you go turkey shooting with Josh Allen. He's a California Juco guy. What's going on with that? Tell us that story. How'd you get hooked up with Josh? Well, man, uh, you know, me and Josh played together there at UK, and he came in. Uh, a year before I did, and it's actually crazy, Coach. You know, I uh, when I met Josh, you know, he wasn't built like Superman like he is now. I mean, I was – I think I actually had a little bit more muscle than Josh when I first met him, and uh, I still remember this one picture I still have on my phone, man. Me, him, and uh, one of our other uh, teammates at the time, Chris West, who's playing for the uh, Panthers right now. Uh, we used to go get extra lifts in over at the facility and stuff just because, you know, I was a new guy on campus, and, you know, Josh was always that, you know, really great guy to take young dudes under their wing and – uh, you know, try to make them better, you know, every way he possibly could. And, you know, we we're all standing beside each other. And I, you know, I got a little bit more of a uh, bicep pump than Josh has. But, you know, then he obviously hit that growth spurt. And, you know, just the, uh, you know, the work ethic that dude has, you know, definitely rubbed off on, you know, all of us that were around him. And, you know, he was, uh, Josh is a great guy to be around, man. You know, he's, uh, I used to say that he was a, uh, you know, a 14 year old kid and a, you know, 6'5, 265 pound body that could run a, you know, four six forty and uh, sag down a quarterback faster than anybody I've ever seen. But you know, uh, he was always a guy that was wanting to do something outside of football. You know, great teammate, and uh, I always told him I was wanting to take him hunting, fishing, and I was about. And I, this is the testament how good of an actual good of a dude he is. And so I was down uh, probably about I'd say an hour and a half away from uh, from where his house is there around Jacksonville. And I told him I was coming down. I was like, man, I got my camera crew with me. Uh, you know, if you, we'd love to have you out here with us, it'd be great if you can make an episode with us. And he's like, hell yeah, man, I'll come. You know, I've always been wanting to do this stuff with you. And I was like, well, I said, here's the thing. I said, you know, we could probably go in the evening because, you know, early turkey hunt, really how you do it, you know, you get up, you're underneath the tree, you know, still when the moon's out, you know, you're trying to locate a bird or if, you know, if you got one set up already, you know, you're trying to get in, get out as fast as you can. And uh, so I was asking him, I was like, you want to, you know, do the, uh, you know, come in the evening because, you know, I don't want you to have to wake up at, four o'clock in the morning and drive and i could hear his wife caitlin in the background she's awesome too and uh, she goes no he has to get the full experience you know this this <laughs> and that and he just he got on the phone he goes well i guess i'll see you at 5 30 in the morning bro and uh, so he got up at 3 30 man and left at four o'clock and uh from his big ass mansion there in jacksonville and drove an hour and a half to uh to go turkey on with me man and that meant more than you know than, than he'll ever know and it's uh it was it was awesome to go out there with him even though he was in the all white adidas and i had to throw some damn some grass and shit on his feet so the turkeys wouldn't see it but it was it was a hell hey he he was a he was a violent dude like he he uh 
he he's the all time sack leader, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, just unbelievable get off, unbelievable hand eye coordination and technique and you know, that wasn't by coincidence. I mean, the guy literally was busting his ass every single day doing the little things over and over and over again. Always getting the extra rep, always getting the extra rep, no matter if it's in, you know, the weight room, out from the practice field, after practice in the film room. I mean, that dude was destined to be great. And, you know, that's why he was the number seventh overall pick in the draft. Nah, no doubt. He's a beast. Um, so you played the Army All-American game? Yeah. Yeah, I played down there in uh, 2016. I think that was a couple, a couple years before they went away from the, uh, the U.S. Army parts. I think it's just now just called the, the All-American game. But, yeah, I was down there in uh, 2016. I believe it was like uh, me. I think D.K. Metcalf was in that game on the East squad. Uh, Derek Brown. You know, a couple, uh, a couple big time dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that uh, was that? Did you get the big Adidas jacket? Yeah, man. Actually, uh, my mama still got it. So any like, uh, you know, jacket or you know, trophy or anything like that, I let my parents keep all that shit. Hey, no doubt. I got that I, fucking I, I, Adidas jacket. I just don't want to keep it in my damn closet. Hey, that truck's on your ass, dog. I was looking at it in the rear view and shit. Oh, yeah. I got to get over it, man. I got to get in this damn exit. Hey, so what's the deal? You said you got a camera crew, so give us a story so everybody that don't know who you are knows what's going on. What, what A lot of people in here know you. There's a lot of cats in here from the, you're part of the neck of the woods. What? Um, so you got a camera crew following you around. What are you doing with wrestling? What's going on? with the, What do you got going in the fire right now? Well, man, uh, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, the two passions in my life was sports and the outdoors, I and mean, I'm I'm country's cornbread coach. I come from, uh, I'm from the Appalachian mountains in East Kentucky where all the, uh, basically all the stereotypes are made about Kentucky, but you know, it's, it's not all bad. I mean, kind of, uh, you know, a, an area that's, you know, kind of isolated from the world, but you know, what we got is we got the mountains, you know, we got, you know, rivers, creeks, streams, all those sorts of good shit to uh, have fun with. And, uh, you know, I was always wanting to combine my two uh, passes in life. And so what I like to do is, I like to go out and I have my channel called Off Season, and that's where I take uh, athletes, former, current, could be coaches, could be anybody to do with any sport. Uh, I take them out hunting and fishing, whether it be, you know, it, whether if they're already involved in the outdoors or if I'm taking people out for the first time. Like, I took my, uh, I took Josh turkey hunting. I took uh, Jamin Davis, who was a 17th overall pick in uh, two years ago, 2021 draft by the uh, Washington Commanders inside linebacker. And, you know, that's one of my boys. And, uh, we took him fishing. You know, it's another great episode I have on my YouTube channel. And then this past year, we took uh, my boy uh, Ethan Wolf, uh, Saints uh, tight end. He actually played at uh, University of Tennessee, and that's how we got to meet. Was out there actually playing against each other. Mm. And uh, we got to uh, go hunt in Tennessee this year and got him one on camera. That episode should be coming out uh, here in the next month or so. And so that's really what I'm trying to do, man. It's, it's different. You know, it's not your standard ass, you know, outdoor channel. To where you know there's nothing but you know a bunch of whispering and right. you know uh, you know goody two shoes of you know the standard shit you'd see when you turn on. I might have lost him. Um, I think I lost him. He'll but he'll call back, Christian. You might have to call back. Um, so he's got a lot of stuff in the fire. He's got a channel on YouTube called Off Season. If you guys aren't familiar, go head on over there and check it out. But that's what he's explaining right now. You there? You got me? Yeah. Yeah, that's my bad, man. I went by a damn area where they pick up random ass Wi Fi. Don't worry. Oh, uh, you're yeah, all good. Uh, it's just, uh, so it's just, what is it called on YouTube? Off Season with a Z? Yeah, O F F S Z N. Just one word O F F S Z N. And off that, I have uh, I have a podcast, you know, that I'm trying to get going. You know, I've. 
more focused so on the uh, on the video side of things. But you know, podcast is great. I love sitting down talking to people and you know getting to know them and you know getting their outlooks on life and you know what else not. But uh, really, right now, my focus is on you know trying to build the video series and try to take out as many athletes as we can but if we can't get any athletes you know there's a couple episodes just me and my buddy uh you know just out there doing our thing too so it's uh, it's a hell of a time man we gotta get you out there get you a turkey or uh you know go fishing with us or something man that'd be a hell of a hell time. yeah man i ain't been fishing in a minute man I, my grandpa used to teach he taught me how to fish when i was a little kid i haven't been fishing about here on the west coast you know we just we got the ocean and then fuck you got to drive far away to get into like the sierras where there's actually rivers creeks and lakes and shit so SoCal, the big city life, there ain't shit, and you definitely don't want to fish in it if there is a lake. Uh, you're gonna pull out a fucking car tire or a battery, you know what I mean? So, um, or an epidermal fucking uh, needle and shit. Um, but uh, nah, I'll come out, man, no doubt. I'll come out, man, and, and chill with you. So, you also do wrestling? Nah, not really, man. It's uh, so the, I guess what I have up on my Instagram page or, you know, social media or whatnot, it was. It was a deal to where uh, one of the uh, radio personalities right here in Kentucky, he he actually purchased a uh, a development uh, company. It actually used to be like the minor leagues for WWE. It's called OVW, so Ohio uh, Ohio Valley Championship Wrestling. And he had this deal to where like it was um, a king of the bluegrass tournament to where like he would have uh, certain people from around the state that uh, the people knew to be like uh, celebrity managers or whatnot. And uh, me having, you know, being a more of a fan of wrestling and kind of understanding the business of it and the ins and outs of, you know, what it takes to honestly be a wrestler. It's uh, they kind of had me more involved in, in uh, you know, in, in the actual matches and shit like that. So I dropped a couple stunners. I caught a dude. Uh, off the top rope, and uh, <laughs> I had I, I got slapped by a Playboy model. I mean, I, I didn't mind that part, but uh, damn, it was uh, it was it was pretty fun, man. But nah, as a career or anything like that, nah, my uh, nah, my body's been through enough hell, man. You ain't trying to take the Pat McAfee route, uh, uh, do both, huh? Hey, man, he set the standard, man. I'm telling you what, oh, man. man. Like, I don't. He's like, I don't ever want to like you know copy anything anybody does because you know everybody's unique, but. Yep. You know, as far as setting the standard for people that's, you know, trying not to, you know, be in the everyday, you know, sports media, you know, especially the shit I'm trying to do with trying to combine, you know, the outdoor world into the sports world. Because, you know, what I'm trying to do, nobody's really done as far as, you know, being colorful, you know, showing more emotion and different shit like that to where it's, you know, you know, might shake a couple feathers here and there. But, you know, a guy like Pat McAfee who goes out and just, just him and his boys, man. You know, just shooting the shit, talking sports and everything else. And I think that's why it's taken off so well, just because, you know, they're just authentically being themselves. So, yeah, man, he's a and unicorn. He's standard for all that shit, for he's real. He's a unicorn. Bet on himself, man, and, and, and got it done. You know what I mean? So, so look, let me ask you something, man. Um, not to be biased or not, you know, are you who, – who's winning the SEC this year? Is it going to be the norm, or, or does your boys have a shot? They're getting better every year. Tennessee's supposedly getting better. I mean, it's going to be more competitive maybe. Um, or is it just going to be Georgia and Alabama running away with it again? Or, or, man, I believe, you know, Kentucky's definitely got a good shot, man. They really do. Um, you know, it's just a, a thing to where they have the pieces, you know. They have the pieces to do it. I believe they got the maturity level to do it. I believe they got the leadership, not only on the coaching staff, but it's more of a player-led team. And I believe that's the culture that, that we've built there at the University of Kentucky through Coach Stoops and through the teams that have been there. Um, 
you know, I think that, you know, having Will Levis back there under center is huge. I believe having guys back uh, from that extra year from COVID, like DeAndre Square and uh, Jaquez Jones over on the defense side of things, running things up the middle there at the linebacker position. And uh, you've got a couple of key guys coming back from injury on the defensive line. It's just about putting all the pieces together, man. You know how it goes. And, uh, you know, being able to play at the highest level each day, day in and day out, especially – you know, when you go down to the hedges like in Georgia, you know, we go to the swamp in Florida, you've got to be able to go out and perform. And I think Kentucky's got the talent to do it. It's just about, you know, uh, finding those pieces to finally put it all together and get ourselves to Atlanta, man, because it seems like every year, you know, it's just that building block of getting an inch closer, an inch closer. And I believe, you know, any time now, it's, it's Kentucky's time to win the East. I, I got a relationship with Stoops, um, all the Stoops, but one of them um – Mark, he uh, he was at Arizona with his brother when I was the head coach at Compton. Man, I sent him a few players that were were ballers for him. How, how'd you end up? How'd you get along with him? Was he a good Was he a good leader of men, young men? Did he Did he get Did you get something out of him more than football? Like, can you can take in life, or is he just a football coach and and he's there to get you through the process? No, nah, man, he's he's way more than a football coach. Uh, I'm actually in business with him now. Uh, so coach is actually the majority owner of RD one spirits, which produces old William Tar bourbon here in Kentucky. It's a Kentucky straight whiskey. Uh, you know, I originally growing up, I really wasn't a bourbon guy, but now being involved in the industry, you know, it's, it's pretty good stuff once you get used to it. And, uh, you know, coach ever since the recruiting process, when I believe I was telling a story the other day to somebody about the whole recruiting process and how it was, you know, when I was getting recruited versus how it is now. And, uh, you know, one of the things I told him was that you could just, i my thing about it is, Coach, is that, you know, my thing is that I'm, I'm a big on authenticity. You know, I can, you know, young men can, you know, smell bullshit a mile away. And, uh, you know, there was a thing about Coach Stoops is that there was no bullshit about him. You know, you could – at that time, you know, we weren't going to bowl games. We weren't having 10 win seasons. We weren't signing the, you know, top guys in each recruiting class. But, you know, I believe in the vision that he saw for university and the program, and you can just feel his energy – uh, you know, when he spoke about it. And I had a couple guys that were also in the state that year, my recruiting class, to where, um, you know, they had already committed. And, you know, it was a, you know, a hometown thing. You know, I could have went, uh, you know, multiple different places. But, you know, it just felt like, you know, this is the right place for me to play. It was the right place for me to, uh, you know, grow as a man. And, you know, that's the one thing Coach Stoops does. You know, he puts in, you know, different programs throughout the time I was there to where he bringing in different speakers from all different walks of life, from finances to agents to, uh, you know, different walks of life to where, like, you know, he's explained that there's a life, you know, outside of football. And there's a lot of us, you know, including myself, that's not going to get the NFL opportunity. So you need to be ready to, you know, be a man outside of football. And, you know, what he's done with that program just solidifies, you know, Kentucky being a program from an all-around standpoint, not only on the field, but but off the field as well. So, yeah, man, I, I owe everything to Coach Dix. If it weren't for him, man, I wouldn't have, you know, been out playing golf today with, uh, you know, two of my best friends that I played with and was roommates with throughout college. So, uh, you know, everything I have today, I owe to football. And, you know, if it weren't for Coach Stoops giving me the opportunity, I wouldn't have that. Hey, I, I got much love for you. I mean, me being from the inner city, right, raised, I was raised with most brothers uh, growing up, have been raised by mostly all black women raised me as a kid. But – you, you coming from the stereotypical what quote-unquote backwood, Appalachian Mountains, sticks, whatever people say, it's all bullshit if they've never been there, right? Because um, I know where you are. The country's beautiful. Same with people that stereotype Compton and think this is this. I mean, most, like, most of the shit is true, though. But uh, you going to Kentucky, playing in the SEC, majority, six out of every eight of football players in college football are black. 
how did you earn your stripes, earn your spot, get the get the respect from the locker room that they said, all right, this white boy's a bad motherfucker, just like I did when I played with all black cats at Compton College. What what made you to thrive in that environment? And were you was it a shock when you got there, or were you used to it? Um, did you play around brothers in high school, or was it a new thing for you? And then uh, how'd you earn their stripes? How'd you earn their respect? Man, Coach, speak honestly, man. You know, growing up in Appalachia, especially in my region, you know, you hardly saw any black people. You know, I can remember maybe one or two black kids in, uh, in my community growing up. But, uh, you know, once I started getting out to camps, uh, I started at that at an early age in middle school, you know, going all around from Raleigh to, you know, Cincinnati to Columbus, you know, and playing travel baseball and different things like that to where, and luckily, you know, for me, my dad was a division one athlete. You know, he played basketball and baseball at East Tennessee State, and he was actually one of the only white guys on the basketball team. And so even though I came from a stereotypical area, you know, from the sticks, you know, this shit and that, you know, I have, uh, you know, I was very cultured as I was going, leaving from that area to go up to, to Lexington. And actually, it's kind of funny how me and uh, one of my best friends, he's, I consider him one of my best friends now. He's still one of the head strength coaches over there, Mark Hill. Um, you know, Coach Hill, he's a, he's a bad son of a bitch, man. You know, he's always, you know, hardcore, you know, this, this and that. And, uh, you know, my dad, we were big on Eddie Murphy movies growing up, man. So coming to America, trading places and everything like that. And I just throw out quotes and shit like that. And, and uh, he, he, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was along the lines of the same similar quote to something trading places. And I fired back a quote. And the next thing you know, like he's me and him's cutting it up and laughing and everything, man. But uh, the way I looked at it, man, you know, when, and I got down with a personal level with, with dudes, you know, uh, you know, I want to know, you know, where you come from, you know, what your mom's name is, who you listen to, uh, you know, on your iPod or whatnot. And you come to find out, man, you know, it's not that really that different. It's just a different part of the country. You know, though, I mean, I, I come from a place where it's nothing but the trailer park, you know, a lot of guys I play with come from the projects, you know, I mean, I've had, you know, knives pulled on me going up the wrong holler. You know, I've had guns pulled on us, you know, you know, going on a piece of property that you ain't supposed to be up. And, uh, you know, not to a magnitude of some guys of what they went through, but it's a point to where, you know, we find different similarities with each other. And music was a big thing, man. I'm a big fan of hip hop music. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of times where, uh, a song would come over the uh, the stereo, and I just bust out rhyming line for line, and everybody be like, "Oh shit!" You know, he knows line for line. And then you go out there, really, man, and uh, you know, just don't be a punk. You know, when when somebody, you know, you get uh, you get squared up on in practice, or you know, somebody checks you in the locker room or anything, you just you know, you stand your ground, you be a man, and uh, you know, that's how you earn your stripes, whether it be you know, in football or in life in general, I believe. So, you know, always be ten toes down and stand your ground. Nah, no doubt, man. Cash Daniel here on the show. Played with passion, as you can see there. Um, Kentucky, former Kentucky standout. So, so look, there's a, there's a, uh, I, I seen some articles on you and shit, and I was like, okay, this is why I asked that question, because I think, um, I think you, you, you did it because you got along, they, they, you earned their respect, you demanded it, and you played with a chip. And that's probably because of your background. I think we all have something in our background that makes us who we are. But um, this picture right here shows you passionate to me. I, I, it shows you're a worker. That's just what that picture looks like. Um, right here it says you respond to criticism for alleged dirty play. This is why I asked that question. Because everyone wants to anoint or, or accuse or, or assume shit about us when they don't know us. 
I think that you played hard and reckless abandon, and that's how you earned your stripe. Cats saw it. Real recognizes real. I don't give a fuck where you're from, and I think they saw that in you. And what happens is when you're an outcast, so for us, we're white playing in a predominantly black-played sport, and you got to be different. That's just how I was raised. I had to be different growing up in Compton as the only white motherfucker. So I was like, okay, so... Am I wrong? Am I am I wrong? Did you play nasty in a reckless abandonment? But I, I mean, at the same time, you're fucking earning their stripes because you played hard and motherfuckers didn't like it. On the outside looking in, they say, oh, this motherfucker dirty. When really, no, you're playing the game how it's a fucking supposed to be played. Um, am I bad or off? Man, it's no, man. I mean, the way that I play football coach and, you know, times change, man. But, you know, I grew up, you know, early 2000s and, uh, you know, that's when, you know, Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher, Brian Dawkins, uh, Ed Reed, you know, the dudes that delivered those big hits day in and day out. And, you know, I wasn't the most athletic dude on the field, but, you know, one thing I did do was I got guys lined up pre-snap. I knew the playbook inside and out. But, you know, I, when I got to the ball, you know, I was, you know, I consider myself a violent player. And, uh, you know, playing with a chip on my shoulder and playing with that fire, and, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, would, I wasn't athletic enough to be, uh, for, to rely on that alone. So I had to get nasty, you know, I had to, you know, try to get in some people's heads, you know, this, this and that. And so I was, I was very keen on trash talking. I was very keen on, you know, trying to, you know, do little shit to get you to throw you off your game. And it was never about like, you know, trying to be an asshole or anything out there. I just literally wanted to get underneath your skin to where you do something stupid, like throw a punch or, you know, do something to where we can get your ass out the game and I have to worry about you anymore. You know, so, I mean, if I can do that and, and you know, do little, you know, uh, annoying shit here and there and, you know, do research, talk about some stuff that, you know, people may not even know uh, just to get underneath your skin, man. I mean, that's, I mean, see, some people may call it, you know, this or that, but I call it, you know, just playing football. And, you know, every, it seems like every single year, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you know, it just seems like you know, the game of football is just slowly slithering away from how I knew what football was growing up and how I was taught to play the game. Man, you're a football – you're a you're like a coach's dream. I'm just telling you, when you're at that level and you have a guy like you that plays the game like you did, because I was watching a little bit of you, um, you have to have you. Like, you have to have you um, – in my opinion, you have to have – a guy like you on the field and a lot of people don't grasp that concept and um it's unfortunate i got a little clip of you right here it's unfortunate but they they don't know you guys beat florida right that's right um hey flex your shit dog you gotta do what you did fuck it you beat florida that wasn't you know we beat, we beat everybody. We beat the same thing. It's a flex. It is what it is. It ain't bragging if it's true. And, no. you know, um, I love it. Especially I love after it, man. 30, you especially beat Florida. after 31 years or whatever in the hell it was, we haven't beat them since, man. I mean, that wasn't – I've always wanted – I was, I, like I said, a big wrestling fan and everything. And, uh, you know, that just kind of came out uh, last moment. I grabbed my cameraman. I was like, hey, man, we're about to win this damn ball game. I got something cooking if you want to get something <laughs> on camera. What uh, – who named who named you and why the K? Man, so I actually told this story on my podcast. Uh, I don't know if I released this episode yet or not, but I've heard like uh, four different stories on my name, so I don't know which one to believe. 
The one that I that seems more believable is the one that my mom told me where she said that my aunt was about to name one of my cousins Cash, and at the last second she backed out, so she took it from her. You know, that actually seems kind of legit. But it was actually kind of funny, though, because when I was, I was getting recruited by Louisville coming out of high school, and I asked my dad one time when I was a kid, I was like, you know, who am I named after? And he said, you know, you're named after Cash Clay, Muhammad Ali. But I just want to spell it with a K just to make it different. And uh, so I was like, that's usually the one I ran with. You know, I just want to sound the most badass. And uh, I think I, I gave, I was doing an interview with uh, a Louisville reporter, and I actually told him that. And uh, so when they figured out that, you know, I was coming down to make my decision or whatnot, you know, a guy, one of the people called me and said, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so from the uh, Cassius Clay slash Muhammad Ali something foundation. And if you commit to Louisville, you know, we would love to uh, have you be the speaker, you know, at this event, you know, each and every year. And so kind of lucky that, uh, that that didn't work out because I would hate to get there and uh, be the speaker of that great event and it all be a complete bullshit. But uh, no, nah, man. So I got some pretty dope parents, I guess. And uh, I guess they just wanted to be different, spell it with a K. And uh, now I see, you know, big blue fans name their dogs and some cats cash when I was playing. So that was, uh, that was pretty fun to see as well. What, um, let me ask you this. You, uh, you said you like rap. What's your favorite? What's, give me your five top rap songs. Yeah, five top, top rap songs. Basically, anything by Young Dolph. Uh, Long live Dolph, rest in peace. Really? Uh, anything. Yeah, Nipsey Hustle, uh, Hustle and Motivate. Uh, that's one of your West Coast boys out there. I'm uh, into old school, too. So, uh, Nasty Nas, uh, Biggie, Tupac, Snoop. Yeah, uh, you know, basically anything and everything. And I'm a, I'm a chameleon when it comes to music, especially rap music. I can vibe to any flow, any beat, any genre. So it's uh, it's dope, man. I love hip hop. No doubt, no doubt, man. I watched your film. I was watching your film earlier, and I was like, Alan, one of my former players who's in the, who's in the chat here. He he, um, Florida. He's a, from Florida and signed with Syracuse out of high school and played for me in JUCO, and then he ended up playing at UTSA and, and uh, Rhode Island, but. He said similar thing that I was just going to bring up. Like, I watch a film, and I got, shit, I got three in linebackers in the league. I got 27 in the league currently. I just had seven drafted. What? I watch your film, and I'm like, well, you're fucking better than half the guys I see. Not only in college, but obviously, but in the league itself right now. Do you think being a white boy at backer hurt you? No, nah, man. I don't think that's what hurt me. I think what hurt me was... Um you know, the film that I did have, a lot of people don't know, man, I played injured my whole career. You know, I was having surgeries in the middle of the season that nobody knew about, having multiple surgeries after the season. You know, I was an injury-prone dude. Um, mixed on that with a bunch of concussions, um, you know, a lot of them I didn't even report because I didn't want to sit out. I mean, you know how it is. Once you get your job, you've been working, you know, your whole life for, you know, you're going to do anything you can to stay on that field, and that's what I always did. I think that's another reason why, you know, I was I got some respect, you know, for my teammates because they knew that, you know, if I could walk and I could breathe, and I was going to be out there battling with them no matter what. And so, I mean, I have, I broke my hand. I still got the scar on my hand here. It's not that bad of an injury, I guess. But uh, broke it against Vandy on a Saturday. Had surgery that Sunday. Practiced all the way throughout the week with the club. Played the rest of the season through that shit. Getting shot up between my fingers and on my hands. My shoulders getting shot up. Getting a spine shot, you know, once every six months. Um, and so I actually had a uh, – I had a, thought I had a deal worked out with the Saints uh, coming out uh, before the draft even started as a free agent uh, that my agent worked out. And then it got to the sixth round. This was after COVID, so we didn't have any rookie mini camps, none of that shit. Um, and so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, you know, I'm never – I'm not going to get drafted. And uh, I was actually at my girlfriend's house at the time, 
and I get a text from the linebackers coach from the Giants. And he said, we have three draft picks in the last round. You know, if you're still available, we want to make you a Giant. And so I looked, and they had a pick, two picks in the early round, and they had Mr. Ravel, the last pick of the draft. And I was like, okay, well, the two first draft picks came, wasn't me. And I was okay. I'm about to be Mr. Irrelevant. You know, this is you know pretty cool. I guess I'll get drafted or whatnot. And uh, they take a linebacker out of Georgia. And so I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, what the fuck? And uh, I called my agent instantly. You know, and he was like, hey, listen, they they red flagged your medical records. And so, you know, I guess that was that shows you how low on the totem pole I really was because you know that's one of the you know one of the first things they look for is your medical records, this this and that. So once that got red flagged, the uh, the Saints deal got pulled. And, uh, you know, they try to make a couple calls and it's what, not that. But at the end of the day, man, I was already predeemed a slow, um, you know, white kid playing linebacker in the SEC. And so I was, uh, you know, not the most athletic guy on tape. But, you know, when, uh, you know, I get down in the run zone and this and that, man, I, you know, I felt like I was, you know, a pretty, you know, standard SEC linebacker at that standpoint, especially getting guys lined up pre-snap. But, you know, I'll, uh, it's been, what, three years going now? And so – it's uh, it could be a hell of a lot worse, man. So I'm thankful for nah, everything no doubt. that's come and gone. So can't uh, can't complain. No doubt, stand up, dude, man. I, I I respect it, appreciate it, man. That the thing is, there's a different side of it on my end because I've seen the bullshit and seen it all, and and I got all these guys in the league, and I've got to talk to so many guys. I got a lot of friends coaching in the league. I got some guys working in upper management there in the league in the office, but. It's un- it's unfortunate because all the shit you say is all the right shit, right? We all we all know. And you're not just saying it to be politically correct because you're a smart dude. You're saying it because it's what you feel. But also, you're doing it because it is the right thing to do. You played with the reckless abandonment. You played with how we want to coach. We want to coach guys that are, that are available, right? And you did that, and you and you you deserve shit that some people don't get and and I, and I always tell kids all the time that i've had and i'm just they're like coach i think it's because i'm white or what it's linebacker and running back very very it's looked at very differently whether you realize it or not and probably in years from now you'll get it you'll see and you'll say fuck man i might have been fucked i don't put it past you know obviously the nfl they want these the backers aren't they're built like you now they're all your size they're your size they're all that they may be vertically faster but they're not horizontally to the ball if any faster than you and that is what yeah. the nfl is now they want you to carry guys vertically you got to carry the tight end you got to carry the back vertically all this man uh mismatch man defenses in guys run now but the only thing i see is that in which you can cover up now with all the quarters match coverage you run in the nfl so it's like you know, I don't know if that's true or not, man. It's hard to say because you, you gave your heart and soul to this thing. You played hurt. You played injured. A lot of different people don't realize. People, these motherfuckers now won't even play hurt, a little less play injured. Um, but man. you did all that, gave it to your brothers out there on the field, and, and that's all people can ask for. And that's something you can go to go to the grave knowing you did, and that's all we can live with. Man, we, we, we live with what we have as our word, and we live with what we did, not what we say we did. And... That's what people don't get. We are who we are, not what we say we are. And uh, so I commend you, man. I appreciate uh, all the shit you did. And uh, you think they're in good hands with the QB they got, huh? Oh, man, definitely, man. I appreciate uh, appreciate you, man. But, yeah, I think I think Kentucky's in, in uh, good hands with Will Levis, man. I believe that's a prototypical style uh, pro quarterback, you know, with uh, Nick Scangarella coming in as the OC, a former OC of the NFL, having a guy like Liam Cohen last year you know, introducing that new style of offense, which was one of the most exciting times to watch a Kentucky offense play. 
Um, you know, no disrespect to anybody that was, you know, a part of the offenses before, but, you know, just being able to see Kentucky run the ball and then be able to throw the ball vertically downfield and be able to connect and actually be a threat down the field for SEC defensive back groups, it's, you know, pretty exciting to watch him with a guy like Will Levis who's not afraid to throw it. The one thing I will say, you know, I mean, you look back at the guy's stats last year, you know, maybe had a, a couple interceptions more than what you wanted, but, you know, the guy's not afraid to throw it, and that's a guy I want back there at quarterback. I want a guy that's not afraid to try to fit that son bitch in there between double coverage because, hell, if it works, it's going to be a hell of a play for us. But if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, we got a hell of a defense back there. Let's go stop him and get the ball back in his hands. So, you know, I believe in number seven. I believe in what Coach Stoops is doing, putting guys in position to, you know, either make those play calls like Coach, uh, like Coach Scoge and, uh, you know, putting a guy back there like Will to be able to deliver it to these receivers. And so I'm looking forward to seeing the young receivers work too, man. We got a lot of work. Uh, I think cut out for the young receivers, but I believe they're in a great position to do some good things this year. Is uh, you you, you talk like a coach, man? Any 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 future uh, desire? Man, I, I would, but you know, I'm uh, man, I'm, I'm kind of like you, man. I, I got that I got that high motor, man. I don't think that you know. But you were talking about kids today, you know, wanting to play her. I just the game today and people today. You know, just soft as a baby's ass, in my opinion, man. Especially when it comes to football, so. Uh, I might have to, uh, I might have to take a couple years off and you know kind of see what this new style of football is like and see if I can, you know, give my two cents as a coach. But as of right now, I think I'm just going to try to connect uh, the outdoors and the sports world together. No, no, hey, great plan, man. I couldn't do it right now. I, could, I have no desire, man. It's just I'd be fired day one because I'm not going to change. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to change, and I'm not going to like too many people nowadays are. Uh, we we're changing to appease the weak that's what we're doing nowadays in america all over all over the fucking place that's the problem man and that's why i don't want to i couldn't do it because i'm not going to change for your soft ass you know what i'm saying and that's like people and then they're going to look at us and judge us as the bad guy when it's like no we're telling you the truth you fuckers are scared of the truth and that's the problem right now man It's, it's unfortunate um what uh? So what's next, man? You got you're shooting this show. Your uh your Twitter and your and your handle is uh is what? It's at uh at Cash Daniel fifteen on Twitter. Yeah, so I made that I made that shit in high school. I guess I need to. You wore fifteen. That was my high school number. Yeah, I was. That's when I played quarterback back in the day too, man. You should uh, you should pull up that film. I might be able to. I may not be a uh, you know straight out power five quarterback, but you know you're a dude. If uh, if, you, if, uh, if you needed me down there in the uh, JUCO national championship, somebody goes down, I can run that power option for you, brother. Because you were a dude, you were a football player. See, that's what people don't get like we don't have any football players no more. We have dudes that think they only play this position and. They don't even know who their fucking greatest person that ever played their game at their position is. They don't watch it no more. They don't watch the sport like we once did. Even even three years removed, you're night and day of what a player is right now in these portals. Like, that's what's crazy. That Every single day we're seeing it get worse, worse, and worse. Overnight, seemingly, it's changing in front of our face. And it's like, fuck, talking to a guy like you who's re- freshly removed... Um, and now we see these kids that I talk to today. I talk to every day. I go out and speak to these team players, and I'm just like, holy shit, man. They, they have not a clue, man. They're, and I believe it starts in the household, obviously, but that's a whole other discussion. But um, So what's next? Any, any admirations? Any goals, dreams? Oh, man, I got a bunch of goals and dreams. Blow man. this thing up you're My doing? Goals. Blow it up? Um, yeah, just blow it up, man. The goal right now is to uh, to get this off-season thing going and to uh, to be able to show a different side of the athlete, man. Another thing for me is, is that, like, 
like you're talking about, like when people watch me play, you know, I played with that regular Savannah, but also played with like a character, almost like a, you know, like a, a wrestling character almost, you know, that's what got me going. Uh, I just flipped that mental switch and, you know, that was the stuff that got my juices flowing and shit like that. So everybody probably thought, oh, this dude's a, you know, crazy badass, you know, beer drinker and shit like that. He must be like that off the field. Uh, nah, bro, I'm a fucking introvert. I don't go out. I don't speak to anybody. Like, you know, just me and my homeboys, you know, watching TV, chilling. And, um, you know, but it's it gets to show a different side of the athlete to where, you know, they're always surrounded by cameras, you know, CBS, ESPN, you know, this, this and that to where, you know, we want to be able to get them out in an environment that's where they can just let their hair down, you know, take a deep breath out, you know, and enjoy, you know, you know, what, the, you know, what, you know, the earth's provided, you know, and I know it might sound like some hippie shit there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool for me to go out and, you know, and see these guys be relaxed and, you know, and, and thoroughly enjoy themselves. So my goal is to tie up with that, you know, and try to make that bigger to, you know, to, we're taking premier athletes, you know, somebody like, uh, you know, one of my dreams is to, you know, go deer hunting with Brett Favre or, you know, bass fishing with Dion, um, you know, or something like that, or bass fishing with The Rock, you know, or some shit like that. So it's, uh, that's the dreams and goals and, you know, try to make it sports media as well. I do some, uh, I talk football with uh, Kentucky Sports Radio here during uh, football season. I'm going to try to start up my own little uh, college game day show, uh, you know, throughout the week, throughout college football season this year and, you know, see what we can do with that and just, you know, just try to continue to be myself, man. And that's uh, try to have, you know, better good days and worse days and keep plugging, brother. That's all I got. Hey, man, much. Hey, I love the admiration, man. I love what you do. Uh, great dude. You seem like I haven't met you. I think I'm a good judge of character being a recruiter my whole life. So, uh, you know, I bet the house on you. Um, but I, I appreciate you coming on, man, and keep grinding and doing what you do. On Instagram, it's Cash Daniel 56 right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I gotta do, man. I gotta, I gotta get my numbers correct so nobody gets confused. <laughs> hey, is that that's, that's that marketing shit, man? Um, gotta All holler right. at Christian, man. He'll hook you up. Um, hey, it's, it was a pleasure to have you on, man. And uh, we have to do it again and chop it up, man. I, I gotta get you some of my slapdick whiskey, man. Uh, it is, it is absolutely one of one. It is premium. A lot of it's, it's big time. My, my vodka just dropped yesterday, but the whiskey is uh, one of one and. Uh, you, I'm gonna send you a bottle for sure, and uh, try yeah. it out, man. Let me know how you like it, and uh, like I said, uh, we gotta hook up. I gotta get out there. You gotta, I gotta get you out here to to LA. I'm I'm doing a release, man. Actually, a vodka release party here. Got some big comedians, celebrities, different folks um, on July 9th here here at my house. Actually, I got a big backyard. We're gonna do a whole setup here. So July 9th, um, if you ain't doing shit or, or or willing, let's hook it up and we'll chop it up and try to get you out west here, man. Show you the beach. Hell yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you, brother. Good luck in everything you're doing, man. Keep grinding, brother. And if you ever need anything, let me know. Hey, man, no doubt. Same here, Coach. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, Cash. Appreciate you. Later, man. Later. Cash Daniel. um, Seemed like a hell of a fucking kid right there. Um, Love, love, love to talk to dudes like that. Those motherfuckers got it. They look like they those type of guys got it. That's why Kentucky won the years he was there. Just contrary to your belief, that is why Kentucky won because of dudes like that are infectious in the locker room. They're fucking infectious. Just like a bad apple can ruin the whole batch. An infectious positive dude like that, that's a baller and it will leave your fucking ass on the line. He's a guy that's going to infect the locker room too, man. So, um, 
Cash Daniel. Make sure you guys hit him up. Follow him on social media. Off season on YouTube. Um, Cash Daniel. Go check that out. He's got a podcast as well. And uh, we got to chop it up, man, and um, see what happens. Hey, um, I'm going to take a piss break. I got another great guest coming on here in about 20 minutes. Rakeem Boyd, former. Sh- uh, they actually played against each other. I should have asked him how he was defending Rakeem. Um, and I'll ask Rakeem if he knows Cash and vice versa. And uh, and we're going to get to that and uh, plus some more shit. Appreciate you guys sticking around, making the show great. I'll be back in about two minutes. Peace. And the cancel culture of the world and the politically correct people and the soft asses of the world, they are really truly expecting you not to talk back. And that's why this title of this show is Talk and I'll Talk Back. I'm going to talk back to you, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck if it's in public or wherever. Now, I've never had an issue in public by a fan. It's uh, it's really crazy. And I would bet money that I've probably ran into folks that have talked shit to me on Twitter in person. And they suck my dick in person. But on Twitter, they're straight gangbangers. <laughs> that is what's funny about it. Um I guarantee you that's true for most folks that it, that's in this room right now. All you guys have ran into somebody that you've seen or talked to on social media that's banged on you and talked shit and called you a motherfucker and an asshole and whatever else, and you see them in person and they're kissing your ass. That's how fake we've become. That's why we're so soft now because when you do clap back and talk back and, and check a motherfucker, they get on their feelings and they get up. Oh my God, I'm appalled. Like I, I run into females all the time that talk shit to other people. And then I talk to them and I'm like, really? And I'll talk shit to them. And then they'll, they'll sit there and drop their jaw and look at you like, oh my God, I'm appalled you talk to me that way. So hold up, time out. You could talk shit to this old lady right here. No offense, lady. I didn't mean to say old lady like that. You could talk shit to this elderly woman. See how I politically corrected that shit? You could talk to this elderly woman. <laughs> But I can't tell you that you're fucked up and you're wrong and shut the fuck up <laughs> and you're appalled now. That's the problem, dog. It's, it, it's the irony of it all. It's the audacity and the. F- what up, what up, what up? Taylor, this is for you right here. I want you to. I want you to hear this, Taylor. You is slap dick pretty much. Why you much. calling me slap dick? Cause my dick slapped me across your face. <laughs> hey man, drop your comments, leave uh, feedback if you wanted me to ask something different. Remember, I'm not a fucking media fucking interviewer. I just keep it real. I truly believe he got looked over because he's a white boy playing linebacker. That is my true opinion on being in this profession for a long time. It ain't the fucking injuries because they take guys that are injured every year. The problem with it is he is he plays a position that is rare um, as a white rapper, as a white running back. And linebacker is the third most rare thing in a black, predominant black played sport. Um that's just real. 
You got white rappers. You got a couple Eminem. You got these new fucks that are out here. And then you got white running backs, right? There's only a few McCaffreys out there. Not a lot of white running backs. And linebackers are right there with them. Name me a couple Hall of Fame white running linebackers. And you got to go back to Jack Lambert. Um, they left Zach Thomas off the list. I think Zach Thomas should be a Hall of Famer. You got Brian Erlacher. And there's a few others, but you it's not like you can just spit out 20 white linebackers to me in NFL history that's been great. And the the analytics tell you that you're a risk. You are a risk at that position. And of course AJ Hawk uh, is is in is in there too, a freak. Um but think about it. Not a lot of white linebackers play that position. And you're going to go at the analytics and, you know, trying to stay on the safe side of things. And uh, like I said, there's been great ones. Clay Matthews. I, like I said, Zach Thomas, I think, is should be a Hall of Famer. Luke Keechley, I think, is great. Um, you know, white DBs are right there with linebackers. I agree. Um, there's even less than there's less DBs than linebackers. Uh, I don't even want to bring up white DBs because if you're a white DB, I'm not even fucking recruiting you. So I know it's real because I will not even look at a white fucking corner. How fucking bad is that? How stereotypical. I'm a reverse racist motherfucker. I won't even recruit a white motherfucker. You play fucking safety or corner. I'm not even looking at your motherfucking ass. Get your bitch ass off my film. Um, hey, it is what it is. Jason Seahorn was fucking horrible. Jason Seahorn was fucking god awful. He was protected because he was one of the first white boys to play in the secondary. He was awful at fucking USC and got covered up. He got covered up in the NFL so fucking much. He was fucking stiff as a porn dick. Um, we're going to bring up, you know, Rakeem will be in a few minutes. Um, and, and Daniel Sorensen a, is a secondary guy who I coached his whole family. I, I love Daniel and Brad Sorensen, but Daniel's bad. I mean, it's, it's bad, man. It's bad. Um, but it's the truth. It's the truth and it's nothing offensive. It's not bragging. If it's true, they say, well, the truth does hurt, apparently, because I'm sorry. Um, there's not a lot of white guys running in the backfield, back secondary. <laughs> um, so it is what it is. Um, like I said, Raheem Boyd will be calling in here shortly. Uh, we still got a lot of show to talk about, a lot of shit to get over. I'm going to go over my top five foods. I want to talk about... Top five foods. Yeah, Bosworth was fucking horrendous in the NFL, by the way. Great in fucking college. Horrendous in NFL. He was Bo Jackson's B-I-itch. That's what fucking he was. Um, I'm going to talk about my top five foods, all right? There should be on the ticker. Please drop me what your favorite food is. Um, starting at number five. I love me some tacos. All right. I love tacos. 
Mexican food in general. I could kill a carne asada burrito. Um, I could do enchiladas, beans and rice. Now, I'm not doing it now. I'm on fucking diet duty. But uh, I love me some Mexican food. Pete Renteria in the house. Shout out to all the mamons in the house. Uh, Appreciate you. Send me some Mexican food, motherfucker. Um, Italian food, number four. I love Italian. Um, Love Italian food. Can't eat no pasta right now. I'm trying to stay away from all the carbs. Sushi. Sushi could easily be my number one. That's how fucking finite my top three are. Sushi could easily be my number one. Um, Seafood. I make seafood all the time. I love seafood. I'm making swordfish tonight. I'm going to cook it and film it, and I will put it up on the Coach Chef JB on YouTube. So check it out. It'll be up tonight. And I'm also going to make another drink tonight. Um, Chinese food, though, man. There's just no parallel. There's no equal. Chinese food to me is, as I get older, and you you youngsters in this room will fucking, not, you'll understand what I'm about to tell you. And ladies, sorry, but you probably know it's true too. I'll take good Chinese food over pussy right now in my life. I said it. I said it. I take some good ass Chinese food over some pussy right now in this stage in my motherfucking life. You heard it first right fucking here on the hate me now, love me later. Getting pussy's too much hard work, dog. It's too fucking hard work. Chinese food? Oh, whew. I'll kill me some Chinese food. I'll bust on my fucking self eating a good Chinese food right now and be like, fuck it, deuces. Shit, can you can you just can you rub my 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 neck, girl? Can you rub my neck and give me some Chinese food? <laughs> I, I I love soul food, man. I do, but it's so fucking hard to find good soul food. I'd rather cook it myself. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to talk about places you can actually go because y'all can't come to my motherfucking house because I'll cook up some fucking soul food now. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Um, and remember. There's Chinese food, and then there's the motherfucking Chinese spot that serves ice cream and shit. Nah, we're not going to that spot, homie. We're not doing the panda panda and all that shit either. We're doing real shit like chins. We're doing chins. We're doing fucking chins. We're doing them motherfucking sit-down restaurants. That shit is real deal. I'm not going to no panda panda and all that shit. Panda, Panda. Oh, man, that fucking song right there. Ask Alan. I used to throw that song out of the weight room, dog. I hate that motherfucker. Panda, Panda. Um, Panda, Panda, motherfucker. What up? <laughs> What's good? Man, I miss your ass, dog. I didn't even know you called in and shit. I, I said, fuck it. We'll start you early. Fuck it. Hey, you know Cash Daniel? Huh? You know Cash Daniel? Uh uh-uh. uh, who is that? He's the guy I just had on the show. He was a linebacker at, at Kentucky. He wore number fifty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know Cash Daniel. White boy. Yeah, yeah, linebacker. Yeah, yeah. He just yeah. he was just on the show. He was just on the show, and uh, and uh, we just had a good like forty five minute talk and shit. So I was wondering if you guys you had to have played against each other. Come on now, that's the week I became a leading rusher that week. <laughs> Let me stop. Is I did it? Nah, you ain't gotta stop, motherfucker. They, they, they bragging if it's true. Shit. <laughs> 
Hey, nah. hey, I just told him. I just told him. I said, look, do you think you, you didn't go to the league because you're a white boy at play linebacker? And he said, you know, he was politically correct. He, he don't think it was the reason, but I think it was. But right. but people don't realize that shit, homie. That's a real thing. It's like white boys are running back and white boys are DB. It don't happen. So I mean, but I mean, hey, you do got some white running backs. Yeah, McCaffrey. You got you got I could I could name them motherfuckers on one hand. And I could right. probably name white boy running backs on one hand in the whole league's history. Shit. It ain't it ain't too many. Hell no. Nah. It's like a white boy rapper. Like Eminem and fucking name who else? Shit. <laughs> Where you at right now? LA. I'm at the crib. Um got my little studio set up and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who doing your hair, boy? You got dookie braids and shit. Who doing your hair? You got somebody Man, doing I, I ain't gonna stand. I ain't getting my hair done in a little minute. I was out in Dallas training. Oh, really? You know I've been hurt for a little minute, man. I had to get off the radar, man. I heard, I heard. I know. I, I didn't want to I didn't want to bring up too much personal shit. I, I you got white nah, girls doing you know your hair though. You got white girls doing your hair though. Stop playing. You got white girls fucking with your hair though, because that shit there ain't no sister doing that shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, what's up, man? I miss your ass. What's going on? Man, that man, like I said, man, I'm trying to get back right. Uh, so you're not you know, done. You're trying to get back in it. Yeah, facts. So uh, when I was in, um, good to hear. Well, on, on pro day and shit, I was, I had got hurt on pro day, so that's what really messed me up. You know what I'm saying? And then the COVID, not having a combine. You know, I got invited to that. So shit, I, you know what I'm saying? It so what happened? You got it. You got into Detroit's camp, and then the injury. They just the injury was too much to practice. Well, yeah, well, I, went, I practiced for a couple of days, and I tried to plant on a, like, on my outside, like, a little cut, and I had, like, slipped. I, I knew something was wrong, you know what I'm saying? So, I, uh, they kept me there for, like, a couple of days, I, like, more, but I had, I was up there for, like, three months. They kept me for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know. I knew you were. Until they said that, damn, we got to, you know, see, let them go rehab in Houston so they, you know, obviously pay for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And wave, you know, when you get wave, you know what I'm saying? That shit ain't like you just get released. They didn't just release. Nah. Just, nah. That's a cold world, a cold business. Yeah, it's just a business. You got to you know your feelings can't be involved. So, you know, me understanding that, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, the talent yeah. don't really be. You it, came it a long way. You yeah. know that shit now. You know that shit now. Yeah, facts. But that's about it. And then I'm trying to, uh, I rehab for like, Shit, a long little minute. Then I had to work out with the Chiefs, just trying to get back in shape. But they already had signed a dude, and so trying to get in somebody training camp. But if I can't do that, obviously I had like USFL calls and yeah, shit yeah. like that. I'm trying to. I'm so you trying to go straight back to the league? You're not going to try to fuck with XFL or nothing like that? No, 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 hundred percent. But I'm oh, okay. saying right now. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I'm gonna try training camp, but then after that, then I'm gonna be like, yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Why I tried before? Because half the dudes in USFL can't even go up to the NFL right now. Right, right, right. No doubt. Are you? Are you? Are you healthy right now? Ready to go? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I, I I've been seeing you up. little by little working out and shit. I know Carlos calls me all the time and shit, and, and uh, he played that arena league indoor shit. But he was saying he was down I there. Can't do that. I'm gonna act a fool in that league. I'm. That's the no brainer. Yeah, you can't do that shit. They couldn't tackle you. They wouldn't tackle you. Everybody probably wondering like, what the hell going on? But yeah, you know, I've been uh, I've been working out, just staying ready. Cause I was like, like, and then I didn't get the COVID. The Packers called, like, it was teams like tapping in, you know, during the process. But you know, I had to get vaccinated, and then 
Woo woo. I had an injury at the time, so I was still getting healthy. Um, so, Alan, Alan, remember Alan? Remember Alan, the quarterback? He's in the chat right now. He's saying you to go. He's saying what's up. Um, yeah, he, uh, I know you guys probably talking shit on social media. Yeah. Man, I, it's good, man, because I know my, I lost my Instagram. And so when you found me, I was like, dude, I lost my Instagram. They deleted my shit, my, my verified account. They deleted it. And right. um, Yeah, I tried to tap in because I, you know, let you know what's going on. Nah. But yeah. And then, you know, Arkansas shit, I was banged up. This is my senior season. I know. Banged, banged the hell up. Shit, I know. Bitch. Almost is that why you so you, that's why you I, I figured that's why you were like fuck it I'm opting out for the COVID rest of the year I'm gonna be ready for the league man hell yeah it was so much going on during that process I cause bro you know me I ain't no just no oh, I know now. I know I, I'm gonna play through some injuries but I'm like man I just had a COVID really and, and the whole story was I didn't have COVID that's what's so crazy they didn't wanna let the public you know everybody know I didn't have no fucking COVID but it's my my roommate did and I couldn't play against LSU and Bama. Nah. So should I opted out? So Man, I was like, okay. I don't know how you did it, dog. I'll be honest. That's a it had to be hard to play during this time. Harder than any era I've ever played in because of the COVID. You had to like coaching yeah, in it, it playing in it, it had to be just unbelievable. Cause some dudes didn't want to play. Some dudes did, you know what I'm saying? So it, it was and, a lot. And the coach really couldn't mandate shit because you're, you're going to be looked at like the asshole if you're trying to tell right. the guy to play. And then, you know me, I'd have been, I'd have been having all you motherfuckers play. I'd have been right. like, nah, motherfucker, you playing. You're not. And, and, and one day, like, Sam Pittman asked me, he was like, shit, I had to make it. You know, I was a captain, so I had to make a decision. He was like, shit, are we going to practice? So that he had got up there. So I, I had, and he could tell you the story. I had cut him short. I'm like, man. Stop. You ain't even got to go no more. Everybody, let's go head out to practice. We all then went out there to practice, man. <laughs> Look who Not behind there. me. Look who this is. It's a puppy. <laughs> hey, Rakeem was trying to get a puppy. He'll tell you the story. He tried to get one of Stogie's puppies because he helped raise Stogie, by the way, for everybody out here that don't know. You know I had to put Stogie down if you didn't know. Um, he got a little crazy, but Rakeem is one of the many who helped raise Stogie, and he wanted one of Stogie's puppies. And I was like, "Motherfucker, you need to go to the league and go get you a puppy. I have many more puppies. You're gonna get one." Shit. Yeah, I had a, I had a little money then, so but I didn't want to spend no two thousand. <laughs> uh, uh, and that's cheap. This motherfucker right here, thirty thousand. Shit. Man. You're going to get 30000 soon. You get to that league and sign that contract, you buying my first $30,000 fucking puppy, dog. Uh, uh, you still talk to Jesse? Hell no. <laughs> I'm fucking on them motherfuckers, homie. You know them motherfuckers backstab me. I don't fuck with none of them. Yo, oh, man. Hey, Yo. I, yeah, it's a long story. It's a lot of shit that happened, man. Trust me. Hey, remember this, though. You know better than anybody. I know you were one. Rakim is one of those people that even at a young, as a young person, he always kept his circles tight. And I noticed that from jump, recruiting him. And I'm like, well, there's a reason he does it. But you know better than anyone, Rakim. I tell people all the time. I'm like, never be surprised on getting stabbed in the back, right? We don't. We, we've been stabbed in the back. But... It's who is holding the knife when you turn around to see who stabbed you is what shocks motherfuckers. Like, hold up. <laughs> Your ass is holding the knife, motherfucker. Right. So You'll be like, what the hell at the end? Yeah, you know you've been there. And you know the problem, you know the cold part is, Keem, you know, you know it better than me. Um the the biggest hater in your life, he's closer to you than you think. 
He in your circle, most likely. He ain't a stranger. The biggest hater is not a stranger. Man, especially, I know, man, a couple of my, you know, my little process, you know what I'm saying, from, like I said, junior year from being the number, you know, top five back, and then senior year from getting hurt, and then everybody face change, and you know what I'm saying, and not even going that year to the draft. So, you know, a lot of people just, you be saying that. Hey, like, what the first running him. back in five years to have over 100 yards on Alabama. Um, that's a hell of an accomplishment. So he, he was on the roll, leading the SEC in rushing during several different years. Um, by the way, he had three years to play there, so he had – people don't realize everyone wants to get on Twitter and talk that shit. Oh, Rakeem left and this is the – now the truth is he had three years. He, he fucking had three whole years to play if he wanted, and – I I tried to put you on the remember I tried to put you on the phone Eddie George, right right. So Eddie was trying to tell you like fuck it you need to go to the league after your the second year you were like because he he was gonna tell you like dude this NFL thing at running back is such a cold business you get banged up you get hurt especially in the SEC it's a basically the NFL so you're already playing an NFL season. And he was animate dog he wanted to talk to you so bad he loved you he loved your running style he loved how you play. But you know how I am I don't like think about that. I, yeah, I be telling people like I know how to work social media, but I really don't like y'all know how I am. I be telling people close to me like I know how to work this shit, but I really don't. Same with me. Like, I, got I don't like does texting. It. You gotta you gotta call me. I don't like texting. <laughs> hey, Rakeem was old school though, man. I love that. I love the fact he had to call him on the phone. You had to fuck. He won't text you back. Like he'll be right on his phone. That motherfucker will not text you back for hours. <laughs> I was like, God damn, dog. I, Hey, so I, I reached out to you a couple months back because my, my agent, he wanted to hit you up and was like, what's, what's the Rakeem doing? I, you know, oh, if you don't have an agent, he wanted to represent you. So I was like, I don't know if you have You got an agent now? I So that talk, uh, it was a crazy process. Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, they're shady I, motherfuckers, dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. 100%. Cold world. I mean, um, you know, through my process, my dream. Like, I think that's when we used probably hit me a lot about the age in the junior year. And I had a lot of top guys. So when it went to my senior year, I still had some of them. But I end up messing myself over and not picking them and picking somebody, you know what I'm saying, that I they knew or whatever. You know, and was all about that, you know what I'm saying? So I just signed over to uh, Felipe Frank's agent. Hey, you know uh, what you need to do? Seriously. Yeah. Like, serious shit. So... Your your homies, your brothers, your teammates, you know, Jermaine just signed a big deal, got drafted first round. Calvin Jackson got drafted, or he got signed by the Jets, you know. Yeah, and it's crazy. You see some of the dudes that got picked up? Did you see Shamari got signed? Man, crazy. Hey, crazy. and I, it's no knock. I'm not here to knock any of my former kids. Like, Shamari was Rakeem's backup. But actually, probably was third string at the time. We were so loaded at back. He went to a smaller D1. You know, he goes to Charlotte and all that. And then, I mean, not Charlotte. He goes to uh, Coastal Carolina. Does well. And it's like, damn. Rakeem's at the house. And Shamari, God bless Shamari. He's a hell of a kid. I love the kid. Um, he's he's in the league right now. That's just how it is sometimes. That's how it works out, man, sometimes. But that's why it makes you, it should make you like, fuck this. I'm going back to this motherfucker because I'm the motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But it's no like 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 people gotta understand no, and I don't got nothing against nobody that they're in the league. I'm not in the league because at the end of the day, I everybody know what I could do. You right. feel what I'm saying? Right. And 
they they know my situation. My my situation only been injuries, so you know what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, I just got to get back right. Nah, no doubt. Have you talked to any of those dudes like Jermaine or any of them? Uh, man, I talked to Jermaine during when he was at Exos, because you know I trained at Exos. Oh, okay. I, then I talked to uh, CJ. I just told CJ congratulations, but you know I'll be bro. I'll yeah, be yeah, yeah. You're quiet. Yeah, you're on the low. <laughs> Here and there. Dang, you talked to Dang. Dang got picked up. He signed a deal with the Falcons, like three years, thirteen so I, million. I ain't never played with Dang. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, he came after I you. Was I was only with your ass one year and out. I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, that, you, you smiling like you like that motherfucker. You, you know, that was your best year. Shit, that was your favorite yeah, year, motherfucker. You, hey, so people don't realize. So Rakim ended the season, his JUCO season. This is his stat line. So. Against Ellsworth, he had 305. Against Coffeyville for the league title, he had 335. And in the bowl game against NEO to win our first bowl ring in school history, he had 335. Was a bowl MVP. That it, it, basically a thousand yards rushing in three game span. Well, hold on. Tell them first how y'all. Ah, don't say y'all nothing. Okay, so you want to hear? Okay, so Rakim want to bring up some real shit. Here we go. See, I didn't even. I don't even need to hear what he had to say. I know what Rakim about to say. So Rakim was hit and miss as far as playing time in the very beginning. Not that he wasn't the back. It was because a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of because the show only shows you how they massage the show. They don't really show you the trials and tribulations Rakim had to go through because he was injured a little bit. Then he came through and then. Uh, whatever reason, you know, I'm be, I'm being, I'm having to be the head coach and be the asshole or whatever. So I had to like, okay, Rakeem, you fucking late to something, motherfucker, sit down. And so Jamal, or uh, yeah, Jamal got in and, and balled for one game. And then the thing about it is, I tried to play Kingston, but his sorry ass fucking stepped fumbling and shit. So um, the, the 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 cold part about people don't realize that you don't see Rakeem. Rakeem never changed as a human. And he always was supportive of whoever was the playing back. Even though Rakim was disappointed, he wanted to play. Rakim, and I knew he was the best dude, but I had to humble Rakim and say, all right, look at dog, I need you to be this guy. And that's why, you know, when you're young, you don't know what coaches do. But I think he knew in the end of the day that I was all for him as a human. So I think um, that's something that you have to have as a coach. I think you have to be able to get through the guys, even though if they're upset or pissed off at you and think you fucking them over, they got to realize the real at the end of the day that I would never do that to him. I was at you and Jesse. I'm sure. I'm sure. I was pissed off. Oh, I know. I saw you every day. I knew. Motherfucker, I'd walk by you and be like, what's up, motherfucker? You didn't even talk no more. I was. <laughs> I knew I was, in my mind yeah. I had you, though. Everybody know I get mad. I get teary. I was teary. I wanted to. I wanted to do so. I was mad. I know. I know. And, uh, you know, shit. Jesse, bitch ass. I didn't let that motherfucker make no call. Shit. I just, I just sent him to you. I sent him the messenger. Man, I, man. Hey, I, it, it, it made it better, though, because at the end of the day, you were hungry as fuck. Ellsworth, look what happened to Ellsworth. People think I called the best football player in America. And then there was a timeout. People don't talk about it. I tell the story all the time. I said, I, so I, I, this is a true story. Rakim's going to tell you what it is. We play Ellsworth. We're backed up on the one-yard line, and we have to go. It's right before half. And I'm like, I'm like, well, we got to hand the rock, rock off, right? I got coaches in my ear. I got fucking Malik telling me this. I got all this. So I call a play, and we call timeout. And Rakim comes to the sideline, and Rakim, the way he is, just like he is right now, he like, he like, 
Man, there's 11 motherfuckers at the line of scrimmage. You, you, we got to go the other way or something. I go, son, just fucking run it, and you're going to go through everybody. And what happened? That motherfucker took it 99 yards to the house, and the rest of the story is history. Rakeem, this is something you don't know. At practice the next week, Alabama was there and was like, one of the coordinators, one of the coaches was like, man, that was a hell of a play call. I go, was it really? I know that's how I know you're a slapdick. I called a fucking inside zone play just to hand the ball and get out of the half. And the best player in football took the motherfucking 99 yards. Coaching is overrated, Keem. Players win games. Coaches lose them motherfuckers. Thanks. Hey, yeah, I, we were up. Remember, this is how I know coaches lose them. We were up 35 fucking 7 at halftime, and we we went up going to four overtimes to win that game. Remember? You scored the winning touchdown in overtime, in the fourth overtime. So our defensive coaches were fucking horrible, and that's why we should have lost. Where's uh, Where's Malik now? Malik is playing in Arena League, man. It's funny. I was going to hit up Allen. Malik's coach called me the other day, and uh, he's playing in Jacksonville, Florida in this in the indoor league, and I don't believe he's there anymore at this point, but uh, he called me to talk to me about um, Malik, and I'm like, dude, I'm beyond talking about Malik. I mean, I love Malik and all that, but I said, at the same time, I'm like, shit, I, I mean, if he's still doing what he does, I mean, it is what it is, so, um, but, but he's playing indoor league. He played last year in Frisco, Texas. Okay, okay. Yeah. Where you at, in Houston? Yep, I'm out of Houston. Where you at? Because I'm thinking about buying a house out there, like in, uh, like either in Missouri City or, or or League City or somewhere around there. Man, League City, but that's your type of vibe. I already like. know, though. I love League City. I used to recruit the shit out of you, motherfucker. I love League City. League City, like the Woodlands. Woodlands, Sugarland. Yeah. Yep, Sugarland. It's a lot of land out there, man. Cypress, Katy. Like Where you Cypress. at? I'm in like Spring Branch, like Memorial. A good little area. Where's that at? Is that like north, like near Spring or Conroe or down? Literally near like uh, five minutes from Katy. Oh, okay, okay. So you almost end up smacked that in the middle. Yeah, yep, literally. And so you working out out there right now? Uh Uh-huh. I just had, I was training uh, literally up in Dallas for like two months. I had did it right before the season had, like I had worked out for the Chiefs in the playoffs. Oh, really? Yeah, but my ass was, uh, I think I was out of, they say I was out of shape or something. Like, I don't know. So, you know, to talk to me, I don't know. How, um, how much you weighing? Uh, probably like, like 220. Uh, you look, I can see your arms. You look, you look like you've been in that weight room, boy. You look like, you used to avoid that motherfucker with me. You look, you look like you've been in it now. You know, you got to be with them big boys now. You got to get that shit up. Yeah, I don't, nah, yeah, I don't, that, uh, that weight room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see? You got to fall in love with that motherfucker that'll make that money. Yeah, you know that track and all that. That's good with me. Oh, yeah, you love that shit. You love that track and... That working out. That's hey, fun. you better get with it. Hey, you see Saquon Barkley's legs? And look at... Hey. How, how, hey, look at that motherfucker hurt all the time and look at his legs. Yeah, but at least he on the team. He getting the M's hurt. Uh, uh, yeah, but hey, you got to get them fucking legs swole. To get in that motherfucker. You got to get in back in this motherfucker so I can come to a game. Shit. And who, yeah, I'm not nah, for sure. If I ain't, man, look, either, I'm telling you, if I don't get right on a little training camp invite or something, because that's all I need is opportunity, not that I'm really healthy. Uh, but other than that, if I don't get on the team right there, then I'm going to probably go to a USFL team. Or XFL. Or yeah, XFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's going to be the better league, I think. Yeah. 
I'm gonna definitely do that. And they're gonna so. have a team in Houston because uh, they already named. Uh, they're gonna have a, t- a team in Houston and Dallas. And uh, I- I'll hit you up, man. I'll give you some insight on some other shit too. But uh, there's gonna be a team in Houston and Dallas. The Dallas team is now the is now the uh, USFL New Orleans team. They're gonna be the Dallas team next year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's like. They got to have individual owners and shit so so they can keep the contracts for TV and shit. But the XFL has like the, basically the same TV package as the NFL. So I think The Rock with his name and his money and his shit, he's going to have, I think is going to be the best possible league. It's never going to rival the NFL because you just don't have enough players. But but we'll see how it goes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, But I love Houston, man. I'm, like, I'm thinking about it, dog. This Cali shit, man. I'm like, damn, these motherfuckers is like, Getting expensive out there, huh? Oh, yeah, expensive is not even the word. And that's not the reason I leave. Because to me, I, I sound like a bitch if I fucking uh, say that it's that, right? Because people well, always say, oh, fuck, you're, everybody's going to Texas. And I'm like, well, motherfuckers that leave here can't afford here. And I'm not even boasting. I'm not even talking shit. But, you know, you know, Rakim, I got a hose, homie. So, um, I'm already knowing. You ain't got to, hey, I'm already knowing. <laughs> hey, I'm out the game. I got a girlfriend. Oh shit! You had a girlfriend every month, motherfucker. Man, look, I'm trying this time. I'm trying. Hey, I know one of my buddies coaches arena league. How huh? many dogs you got left? Four. How much you selling them for? Well, these are grown ups. These are ones I'll breed and have puppies with. So you having more? Oh yeah, I'm having more. I got yeah. This is Stogie's last son right here, so I'm keeping him. And then uh, he's 105 pounds. He's only five months old. Motherfucker going to be huge. And then I got three other ones. My other two boys and my trimural girl, they're going to have the next litter around Christmas time. So you'll be in the league, motherfucker. You don't, you don't need no fucking puppy right now. You're going to get in the league and then chase the puppy. Nah, facts. But, yeah, I've had a lot of opportunities, man. I just, uh, well, no, I haven't. I mean, I've had, like, two workouts possibly, I think. Right. Uh I like Detroit though. I really want to go back there, man. Did you? That was, it was lit. It was really. Lit. I did ran it up there. Really? You know, I just shit. You know, I just want to touch the ball. Hell yeah! And you could play there right now. You could play at that motherfucker. They uh, yes. how was uh? So so everything they ran professionally was was you liked, huh? Yeah, they you know they ran they did some good shit so. You Did know. you uh you got an interaction with was the new head guy there was he yeah he was this guy right Campbell, Campbell? yeah Campbell's a good dude yeah yeah I, like, I figured that I figured that that's what I heard you know, you go you know what I'm saying so you like that just, motherfucker you like motherfuckers like us though see that's the thing you need a motherfucker like us they gonna make you play ball though hell yeah make it, you know what I'm saying Detroit they might I ain't gonna stand Detroit might do something they, you know what I'm saying get physical you know how they they get crazy you yeah don't yeah know. yeah. You just don't know. They play for the coach? Do they play for him? You know, I don't know all that. I don't know. Yeah, you were going. Yeah, yeah. But you can, can you see the players like buying in and Yeah, yeah. That's good. What um how'd you like KC the shot you had? Uh man, it wasn't really no well they signed the so they signed the back before. So it really like wasn't no kind of shot. It was just like, oh, let me see if he's healthy. Dog, you know who the back is, the motherfucker you beat out for the MVP in the bowl game. Well, he went, he he on Seattle now. Oh, is he? Yeah, he on Seattle. You talking about a dude from NEO? Yep. That played with DJ at Utah State? Yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah, because he was a back that we we uh 
he was a good back and everything, but shit, Rakeem just was head and shoulders above him, and this motherfucker got Super Bowl carry. He got a fucking bowl. He got a Super Bowl carry in the game uh, two years ago. Crazy. Man, I'm like, come on, dog. What, uh, so what's what's new, man? You're just waiting. You're just getting ready to go, and hopefully you get the call, and you're ready to go. Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. Yeah, facts. So that's all I'm doing. You know, I, I got, you know, got everything in, in order now. I fired my agent. You know that. So you don't have an agent right now at all, or you do? Nah, you come on, man. You know I ain't just no dummy, now. You know I got I got a little connection. All right, you know? all right. Well, you know you need something. Let me know. I got a good one. Nah, facts. Uh, but I yeah. Um, what I was gonna say? Yeah, I had signed to him after uh, I had fired my agent. So that's that's really it, man. I had it took me a while to fire my agent. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been everybody's wondering like, bro, how are you not on the team? Wood the wood. I literally, I literally let it just escalate too fucking long, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That's really what I did. So you chasing them white girls, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I know, I, I know, I did white girls. I'm thinking these people working, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and, nah, that's real shit. Hey, dog, yeah. people only do shit that's convenient for them. I, I'm just found out, and this is what life is, motherfuckers. If they don't have something guaranteed to like. Fatten their shit. They're like they're not gonna work for you all out. You know what I'm saying? And that's a, that, we're, we don't give no more. We don't have no givers out here no more, dog. Like me. Like I was gonna give you. I gave you every fucking thing I had, and I didn't give a fuck about you returning the favor. We don't have right. that shit no more. Like we're we are barterers now. Like everybody's a. It's a trade. Oh, I need a trade. Oh, you want me to do this? But I need you to. Uh, nah, motherfucker. That's what real cats don't exist no more. Like it's like they just don't. It's a cold business, man. Like, I, if I was your agent, I wouldn't even talk to you about money. I'm going to go get you a fucking team, and then everybody eat. But, like, they don't think that way. They want the money up front, or they want some famous shit. And I'm like, no, nah, man. I don't know. It's a, exactly no right. loyalty, man. There's no loyalty in it no more. There's nothing like that. So it's just everybody wants it. Everybody's enabled, man. That's why so many motherfuckers, I think, enter the portal now. I think so many people are scared to compete they see a rakeem boyd come into practice and i'm checking out i'm transferring to fucking kentucky you know what i'm saying like it's crazy that you see a lot of shit and a lot of shit is about you know that money now so now nil dog that's some crazy shit you think you would have been you would have been broke off at arkansas right now holy fuck two years late dog two years late you would have been a millionaire already man that shit would have been crazy man then i would have hit your ass up no, nah, I'm just fucking with you. Hey, that's real shit. You're two years. Just imagine you ripping Alabama. You don't think every motherfucker in the country would have been giving you a fucking deal? You would have had a house, a car, a fucking eh, shit. That's what I'm saying. I thought about it. Then coming out hot from that little last chance you shit. So oh, no doubt, man. Yeah. I gotta. I'm gonna holler at my boy, man. My boy is the running back coach for the Tennessee Titans. He's Derrick Henry's coach, Coach Dues. Um, you met him actually. He was coaching. He was college coaching at the time you were at Indy, and then. Uh, but they said, "Tell him, goddamn folks, I just practice squad. Let me work up." Yeah, that's what I'm. No, I'm serious. I'm gonna hit him up and say, "Dog, you interested at all? Would you be interested?" Because you know, even it's not like college where I could hit a coach up and then he'd be like, "Oh yeah, bring him in." They 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 gotta go through management and all that shit, you know. Um. But he could at least get in the ear of somebody and say, look, man. Yeah, work out or something. Yeah, work out. Bring him in. I'm going to holler at some guys I know, man. I'm going to holler at some guys. Because you know how it is. Motherfucker going to get fired anyway if they don't win. Everywhere in the league gets fired every two years. So um, 
So you'll always have opportunity as long as you're staying in shape and shit like that. Right. No, I know I'm going to get one. I just got to stay, you know, down the right path. Can't, you know, fuck off, really. What um, what you got going in July, man? I might bring you out here. I got my, uh, my, my vodka released. My vodka came out yesterday along with my whiskey that's yeah. been out. Yeah, man. Huh? I need to be. If you got a vodka release, yeah. I don't, you know me, I don't really drink, but I have it when I do, I have a great time. Let me stop. I do drink. The vodka came out. You know, the, you know, the whiskey's out there. The vodka came out yesterday. So the vodka's out there. Uh, well, I need them. Can, did I, I don't get a box, huh? I guess. Motherfucker, I will send you. I, you sent every, all the coaches one, and I ain't get one. I didn't send no coaches, nothing. Where? I'm trying. At Arkansas? Everybody talk about the slap dick shit. Let me bring it down here so everybody can stop by. Oh, yeah, cause, hey, because all them coaches, they knew the real. They knew this motherfucker was real. They wanted to drink my shit because they wanted to slap, suck my slap dick. This motherfucking sorry-ass <laughs> motherfucker. They know, they know right? The Rakeem, just imagine me at Arkansas with you. Just imagine if I was the head coach at Arkansas. You know how many fuck, how loaded we would have been? Shit. Man, everybody would have wanted to play there. Hey, I got. I'll send you all this shit, but I'm. A, I might bring you out here for July 9th, man. A, a little part. We're having a little party, like comedians, uh, music, food, the whole thing. You can stay at the crib. For real, can I get a uh, bottle? Of my my girl like vodka. Yes, I'm saying you. I'm a tequila, huh? Text. I don't have tequila. I got whiskey and vodka. My whiskey's fire though. It's not like. Hey, you need to come out with tequila. I know. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking. Everybody tequila. I know. I'm thinking about it. I got to get out to Houston, too. I might buy a house in Houston, but I got to get you out here for July 9th, man. And uh, I'm trying to get uh, cash out here, too. And uh, we'll chill, man, at the crib and do a big old, it's like a big old event. Comedians, the whole thing. This is the third year in a row I've done it. So I did it for the two whiskeys, and now I'm doing it for the vodka uh, in two weeks from now. Right. Well, man, let me know. Text I'm me here. your address after this. I'll send you the vodka today. I'll send it right now so it gets to you early next week. And then uh, and then I'll send you some gear, too. I, um. Some hate me now gear or some slap dick shit. Okay, um, appreciate man, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I didn't even ask no questions I had asked, so I was like, fuck it. It turned into a regular you in the fucking my office again. So fuck it. Right. Hey, they don't that's what last chance you never saw. These motherfuckers they they thought I was just this motherfucker out here in Walmart cussing motherfuckers out and shit. Right, right, right. <laughs> hey, hey, anything for controversy sales, man. These motherfuckers got you know how much money they've made off my name, dog? You know how much money they made? And you know how much money they gave me? Zero! These motherfuckers, man. So, do you still in contact with them? Hell no. Nah. I might sue them motherfuckers next. That's what's next. Shit. Fuck around. <laughs> Shit. Hey, fuck the league. I get sued. Me and you are going to have our own tequila bottle. Fuck Hey, B&B. B&B. Boyd and Brown. You ain't lying, but man, you got to tell them people. They got to do something. So, you ain't never tried to figure out why you weren't getting paid? Nah, because I didn't know. It was a documentary, so they never told me the game. See, I, I, you know, I'm just a coach. I wasn't an actor. Like, if I would have known what I knew now, shit, they would guarantee you they would have put my ass on them credits. That's all I needed to do. They should have put everybody on the credit because we'd all be getting paid to this day. Right. And, and you know the cold part is, you know why I bet you they don't do that show no more? Not, not only they're never going to have another one like our show, but... You know why they didn't do it no more? Because the NIL, I bet, would guarantee that players had to make money on that motherfucker. Right. Because that's just like NCAA football on the game, on the game, the video game. You ain't lying. So, hey, man, go chill, man. Enjoy your girl and, and tell your mom I said what's up. And I'm going uh, to 
definitely will. And I'm uh, I'm gonna send you that bottle today. So text me your address and uh and uh, I'll get with you, man. Stay ready. Ain't gotta get ready. I love you, boy. I love you too. Appreciate All right. you, man. All right, brother. Later. Rakim, Rakim, the dream, uh, Boyd, right there. Appreciate him coming on, man. Uh, man, I didn't even ask one fucking question that I had intended on. Um. Because shit, I, there wasn't nothing to ask. I just—it was just the real shit. You got to see kind of what was, what really was the real last chance. You, you kind of got to see it right there. So uh, I hope everyone sees that and uh, and and realizes that the show was fucking full of shit. So if you don't fucking figure that out, hater fucks out there, you can just eat a dick up until you hiccup. Peace. Um. Anyways, contrary to belief, Lucy, you know what I'm saying? Contrary to belief, Nurse Court, I'm sorry, but he ripped LSU too that year. Uh, too bad they didn't win. You guys won, though, so, you know. But he had 100. <laughs> um, I still got a lot to discuss on this great show, Fearless Friday. Um you know, I don't like having guests on. That's just me. I think the guests slow me down because I just can't be myself. At least I was more myself with Rakeem, kind of like he was um, just a player again. So that's how I am as a coach right there. That's exactly me as a coach, what you just saw. Um, Alan will tell you. I mean, that's really how it is. Obviously, I change for what I need to change for. But at the end of the day... You know, I interact with my guys like they're my guys. They're my babies. And that's what it is. Um, Rakim's an NFL back. I said that shit on the show. I said it a long time ago. Just like I said, Jermaine's in it first rounder. And Jermaine was the first rounder. So maybe I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Rakim, I hope he gets back in it. Um, if not, XFL can give him another shot. Uh, he's definitely an NFL guy. Um, Got to get in the weight room, though. And I'm going to let him know that privately, obviously. Um... Lot to discuss, man. Lot to discuss. I don't know if you heard about, um, and I and I could have took some calls for both players. That's the thing about being a member. That's why it's such a great thing. If you guys are members, you could call in. You could have talked to Rakim. You could have talked to Cash. That's on me. I'll bring those guys back on. I'll have different guests on. You can actually come on and ask questions. Um, I will be having Marcellus Wiley on next week, so you can get some Wiley wisdom. Um, Wileyism, he calls it. Um, Marcellus Wiley, the 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 host and star of Speak for Yourself on Fox Sports. Uh, grew up together, lifelong friend, good dude. Um, he'll come on, man, and and drop some real real shit that you won't hear on Fox Sports, obviously, because he can't say certain things. But uh, like I said, next week we're going to push this show to another level. We're going to get this thing going. We're going to have a new format, new stuff. Uh, so we're working on it. So shout out to Appalachian Marketing team. Um, Christian and Cole, they're doing a good job for me, man. Appreciate those guys. Um, lots to discuss, man. I got I got I want to show this. This. Hey, so you try. Um, because I want to get into, before I get into my final take, man, because there's so much shit going on. Um, Delonte West, 
okay? <clears throat> hey, so you tried out for the big three. Yeah. What happened? Um, you know, so much talent, so many players. I mean, I don't think they could went wrong with any picks they picked in the draft. I was saying they had the opportunity to try out. I made it to the, um, um, the last combine. But like I said, it was so many options, so many great players. I'm glad to be in, been a part of it for the first season. Uh, you know, one thing, um, I'll be there next season. I'll be there rooting the guys on, and I'll be there for more for camps next season. You done with basketball? You going to try to go back? No, I've been um, always involved in the game I love. Um, over last year, I was a scout for the Dallas Mavericks. Previous three years, I was an uh, NBA scout for the Boston Celtics. So, I well, anyway, this motherfucker is delusional. Delante West is delusional. Um, I don't. How can I say this? How can I say this? Jada, I guess the I guess it is sad. Okay, I I, I wasn't gonna say that word. I guess it is sad overall as a general. Generally speaking, that is sad. Right? That is sad. But I don't feel bad, I guess is how I want to say what I'm going to say. It is a sad deal. I don't ever want to see that and see, especially just imagine his former coach like me. Like, I just had Raheem Boyd on. Just imagine me being his coach and, and what you're thinking as a coach and say, damn, I failed him. Like, I'd be thinking I failed that kid if he was out there like that. That's how a real coach should feel. That's just real shit. I hope his coaches reach out to him, whoever coached him from high school to college, whatever. I don't think they are. I haven't seen anything. Mark Cuban's the only one I saw break bread and go get him. Even now, I think Mark Cuban realizes you can't save them all. You can't save them all. That's the issue. And we spend too much time trying to save them all. And guess what happens? One Delonte West turns into a hundred million because we're trying to save them all. You guys got to realize, man, this dude, look at his teeth, people. Look at his skin, people. Look at him. He has been gone for a very long time. And I'm just going to tell you some real shit. I'm very tied in with the big three. I'm not going to say who said what or nothing. I go to Big 3 every year. I speak to the Big 3. I'm very in time with the Big 3. I know the head of marketing Big 3. I know a lot of people there. He had no shot at making the Big 3. He had no shot at all. You can clearly see he's delusional. He's talking out of his what he should be. He's kind of saying it. That's what happens when you become uh, strung out. And it's sad, but I, I grew up with it, man. I've seen it my whole life. The, the issue is we got to stop at some point and help the next punk one. We got to help the one that we can help. This is my take on Delonte West, that a lot of people are, are blowing this videos up, saying how sad it is, and we're praying for him and this and that. I ain't praying for him. No offense to nobody out there. I'm not a praying for him. Because this is how we don't look at reality. We don't look at the truth. I have a thousand Rakeem Boyds out there that I need to save. A thousand Allen Edwards out there I need to slay, uh, save. I don't have time to fucking pray and feel sorry for Delonte West. So let me, let me give you my point. 
For every Delonte West we're out there feeling sorry for, we're taking a fucking opportunity away from an Allen or an Eddie Manyweather or somebody that actually wants it. Why do we continue to give this motherfucker so many ample great opportunities? He's not getting normal opportunities. He's getting fucking great opportunities that the normal uh, average Joe will not get. The average Joe doesn't get his opportunities and he is pissing on them. Can we fucking wake up and say, you know what? There's Alan Edward out there who's going to do right and actually wants the fucking job and wants to go get it. Let's help that one and not the motherfucker who don't even want to help himself. It's amazing to me how we feel sorry for motherfuckers that we want it more than they want it. We want them to get better more than they want it. And that is a... It is a fucking epit. It is actually the definition of enabled, entitled. You name it, they want you to give them something, and they won't go out and earn it no more. And then we continue to try to do it, and the next person that really wants it is getting fucked. It happens in coaches every day. It happens in the coaching profession. Coaches get passed over. Because you're the fucking cousin or uncle or brother of some fucking slapdick who's been in the business 60 years. You can't fucking coach out of a paper bag. And you have no fucking relationship with these players. But you got a job over someone like me. Who you just saw me and Rakeem Boyd interact. And people now will be like, oh fuck, they'll see this show and be like, damn, Netflix kind of probably bullshitted. <laughs> But I must have took fucking Stevie Wonder's glasses to fucking see that. So there's a million motherfuckers out there that's like Jerry Rice, Eric. There's a million. That's the thing. Let's find the motherfucker that wants to be helped and help him. And uh, I, I feel I, I have no pity. Um, you know, the issue I have is. That we're passing up dudes. Big three opportunities. This guy gets. Just so we're clear. I want to break something down for you real quick. The big three does a draft. And they do it by a lottery selection. For for guys that like haven't played in the league yet. You know there's two lotto tickets. Two. And they gave him one. There's two. Period. Two fucking tickets. And they gave that motherfucker one of them. And he's on the street right now doing videos asking for $2. I, I, I got to be honest, man. I, I hope I don't hurt anyone's feelings. I, I really don't give a fuck if I do. But at the same time, I want you to know something. If Delonte West asked me for $2, I would slap the piss out that motherfucker. And I would be viral on Twitter for doing it. Because... Somebody got to knock some sense in that motherfucker. And somebody got to be honest and real. And somebody got to let this motherfucker know, you just wasted 50 million motherfucking dollars, motherfucker. You just wasted 50 million dollars and you are a multi-millionaire. I don't feel sorry for you. Does that motherfucker look like a mental health pace case to you? And I, please, please. Anyone in here, give me your, give it to me. I want to hear your fucking mental health case. 
If you've never been in the hood or from around a crackhead, then you need to go. So you can realize the difference between a crackhead and a mental health patient. He chose that life. It did not choose him. The millions of dollars chose his ass. He had the chosen one. He was the chosen one. He had, he's one of one. He's a one percenter. He chose that fucking life. That ain't mental fucking illness. It's mental weakness. He's a follower. He could not make a right when everyone else was making a left. Mack truck. Thank you. My brother's a fucking fighter pilot. You know what he's seen in his life? You know where he could have went? You know the fucking dark corners that he could have turned? PSTD, PTSD didn't fucking stop him. It didn't stop you. This guy had millions of dollars. Mark Cuban gave this motherfucker a hundred grand and put him in a fucking institution to get rehab. And what did he do? He fucked him. He's back on the street. That's why you don't fucking help these dudes, man. I'm trying to tell you, I've been this, I've done this my whole life. You can't save them. They don't want to be saved. Stop feeling sorry for them on TikTok, motherfuckers. This ain't fucking what it is. They make the fucking choices. They made their bed. Now let them fucking sleep in it. I wouldn't give that motherfucker a squirt of piss, homie. That's just real shit. I wouldn't give him $2 over Allen. If Allen's out there that needs $2, I'm giving him to him. I'm not giving it to fucking Delonte West. Fuck no. So like Jada said, it's sad. The overall thing is sad. But I don't feel bad. And that's kind of the deal. And it goes, I see this every day. I see it in coaching worse than anything. It's worse in coaching than anything. I'm just telling you. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Rory McElroy sounds like a straight bitch. I just got to be honest. If you don't know who Rory McElroy is, he's, the, he's probably the face of the PJ golf now. He came out and bat, blasted the live tournament. Um, he came out and blasted it. I equate it like this. This is how I equate the PJ people and all this shit. I equate Rory McElroy, who's bashing live golfers. I equate it to everyone that's defending Deshaun Watson. I equate Rory McElroy to Deshaun Watson defensive people that defend Sean Watson. If you're defending Deshaun Watson, you don't have a daughter. You don't have a daughter. A, I'm just telling you straight out. This is 100, keeping it real. You don't have a daughter if you defend Deshaun Watson. Now, listen, he may come out squeaky clean. Don't know. I would never trust Deshaun Watson. And that's cold because perception's reality. It's fucked up, right? How many people are ever going to hire me because of what a fake, I got eight charges against me that were falsely accused how many people will never give me a job, though, because of it? <laughs> Let's keep it 100. I'm not going to get a job because of my falsely accused charges. I would never trust Deshaun Watson. 
ever around my motherfucking daughter or any girl female. He looks shady. He looks creepy. He looks got a micro penis. Period. I don't want to fuck with him. So, but people that don't have a daughter all defend Deshaun Watson. If you haven't noticed, look at the people defending him. They don't have daughters. It changes your life when it comes to motherfuckers like this. So if females in the room can attest to it. But it's like this Roe vs. Wade shit getting overturned. I'm not a woman. I don't have any right to, to tell a woman what the fuck to do with her body. It just ain't what it, it is what it is. I, I don't get it. And a bunch of old gray hairs fucking in the Supreme Court voted to change a 50-year law because we want to get rid of masculinity in this country. And we want to get rid of the alpha male. I'm just telling you. So I'm, I'm going to break it down, man. I got a whole philosophy on this thing that's going to be, it's pretty deep, I think. But Rory McIlroy sounds like a bitch. He is a guy who just had his first kid. Okay. This is why I'm equating it to Deshaun Watson. He just had his first kid, literally. So he didn't have a family or a kid. And he wants to come out talking shit about the live. It's real fucking simple. Everyone defending the PGA over the live are these young folks who don't have families or kids to worry about. It's real simple. Um, Again, he's talking out of pocket. He don't know. He don't fucking know what you don't know. You have no experience in this life. If you want to be somebody like... If you're going to be a Pat Perez in this business, 21 years in the business, got two kids, by the way, and a wife, and he wants to fucking set them up forever. You're in a PGA that doesn't pay you for showing up to events. Like, come on, dog. I'm taking the money. It's all about money. If you haven't heard the Colin Cowherd take on the live in the PGA, you should go go on YouTube and, and pull it up. Pat Perez actually sent it to me. I don't watch Callan. Not that I don't like him or not. Um, I just don't watch anyone. Um, Pat Perez sent it to me, and it really was that most accurate take on this whole live in PJ. Every independent contractors are everywhere, and you go for the money. You go for the money. Like how many motherfuckers you know work for free? <laughs> If you work for free, it ain't a job, motherfucker. It's a fucking volunteer job position. You're volunteering. That is what the PGA was doing. They were volunteering. So anyone that doesn't, that bitches like Roy McIlroy, Roy McIlroy bitching, doesn't have the experience that a Pat Perez has when his life trying to set his family up for fucking forever. So I'm taking the money. We're 46. Me and Pat are the same age. We're almost same identical birthdays almost. We're about three three weeks apart. Fuck, dude. I'm setting my family up forever. Fuck the dumb. Fuck the PJ. I'm paying 10 grand every week to go fly to and I don't and I may not make the cut. Plus 38 events that they can now be home for with their family. That's 38 weeks, people. Do you realize 52 weeks, 38 weeks of that, you're on the road in the PGA? There's only fucking so many events in the PGA. And, and they live. The live only has, the live has 38 less events. These motherfuckers are going to be at their house with their families plus making that money. I'm out. Deuces. 
See, that's what people don't know because people put their foot in their mouth. They don't really know the truth. I'm pretty good friends with Pat Perez. We talk quite often. I had a great conversation on the phone with him yesterday, and he told me a lot of things. And, man, I'm, he didn't have to even tell me half the shit, and I already was supporting him because it's him. I support my boys. I don't give a fuck what they do, unless it's a, a, a lawful crime or something committed. But the, the, the fucking crime that's committed is them not getting paid in the fucking PGA. And the PGA has slave labored these cats for a hundred years. They have made all the money and not paid any out. That is called slave labor, fellas. I'm sorry. Hate to use the word slave too. I hate that fucking word like a passion. But that is what the definition is. Alan asked a question. Do I believe interns should get paid? I do believe interns should get paid now in this business that they're in because now the players can get paid for doing half the work as an intern. The intern is basically doing all the dirty work inside of a program. So the Division One interns should be making money. Yes, I'm supposed to be going to Portland, Jimmy, um, for the first live tournament to, to, to be with Pat and Chill. Um, But he's, he's putting his foot in his own mouth. That's what these guys do like Rory and Justin Thomas. Um, because there's no experience, no hands-on tangible shit that makes us who we are. Fuck a degree. Fuck your money. Fuck your status. Um, who are you? Who are you at the end of the day? Fuck your resources, status, money, fame. You are what you do, not what you say you do. And... You shouldn't speak out of pocket if you don't know the other side of things. And Rory and Justin sound like straight bitches. And PJ's fucked because Rory McIlroy is the sole face of the PGA now. Do you know how stale that's going to be? Well, it's very pale. We know that. But it's going to be very stale. Who the fuck's going to watch Rory McIlroy as the head of it? Tiger Woods ain't playing that much more, dog. Phil Mickelson's not playing in that shit no more, dog. DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, dog, ain't playing in that shit. Come on, man. You guys need to wake up. Wake up. Smell the coffee. I don't know, Brian. I think Rory's British. I don't know. Fuck. I don't know what the fuck he is. Um, I just talked to Sark uh, last night about landing the famous Arch Manning. John Daly and Pat Perez are boys, and I'm actually becoming really close with John Daly myself. I'm, I've talked to him quite a bit on social media. I love John Daly. I think me and John Daly are fucking... Um, Mortal twins or something. I think we're the same human, dog. I think that's me and that motherfucker, man. I think we think exactly like that motherfucker. I'm telling you, it's comical. Pat Perez, too. Like, that's just who we are. You'll never see it in public. That's who we are. They're very, very similar people we are. Um, the world is moving backwards. I got to be honest on this Love Me Later segment of the show. As I'm going to get this going and I'm going to try to get John Daly on here, man. Seriously, that I think will be a big ass uh, thing. The world is moving backwards, in my opinion, into a place that we haven't seen before. Um, I got to be honest. That's really what it is. Um, we're, we're moving to a place that I, I have yet to see. I haven't seen this place we're headed to. Um, 
I gotta be honest. I haven't seen. Um, I can I haven't seen where we're headed. Um, because we're headed backwards. I'm just being honest. We are headed backwards. Um, and it's unfortunate. It really is. It's it's really sad. Um, because. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta let you hear this, okay? Um, I don't know if you heard about this or not, but I'm gonna, if you haven't heard about this, you need to hear it, you need to see it, and you know me, I only tell you the, I only show you the real shit. This is why I think we are headed backwards um, in America. Um, Stop saying Pregnant. I wanna. I want you to really hear this, and really listen. I want you to really listen to this shit right here. All right. Please stop saying pregnant women. So I'm a third year medical student, and all throughout medical school, I've had a ton of lectures associate pregnancy only with women and people who use she, her pronouns. And I'm just here to keep it short and sweet to say, not all pregnant patients identify as women or with she, her pronouns. Thank you. Can we please stop saying you need to hear it again. pregnant women? So I'm a third year medical student and all throughout medical school, I've had a ton of lectures associate pregnancy only with women and people who use she, her pronouns. And I'm just here to keep it short and sweet to say not all pregnant patients identify as women or with she, her pronouns. Thank you. Can we please stop saying pregnant women? Dog, I, I don't even know what to say what's going on. The problem is we have women who believe they want to be this fem They want to live in this feminine world or whatever. A woman is saying this. A med student who is going to teach your kid or work on your body one day. Like, dog, this is the fucking reason that we are going backwards. Um, uh, I don't know what to say, man. I don't know what to say. This is the narrative that we're pushing, man. We're pushing this shit on folks. We're pushing this shit on folks. I've already shown you a Ken doll being pregnant. Okay? I've shown you prostitution being allowed due to attack on transgender prostitutes. And now we have Roe versus Wade being overturned. Like, wake up, fellas, ladies, gentlemen. Smell the fuckery. <laughs> Smell the fuckery. Like, I do not understand. To, to rid the world and or strip the world down to an inoperable level, an inoperable level, which is, I believe, what the government's doing. I, I don't know what's going on. But we're going to be inoperable 
either taken over in war by another country far less superior than us um, because of what we're doing to ourselves in this country. I'm just keeping it real. To strip this world down to an inoperable level, though, what needs to occur? What needs to happen, everyone? I've already said it earlier. I mentioned it yesterday. The alpha or the dominance in the world needs to be destroyed. The male, the alpha male in particular. So why over the last few years has this LGBTQ community narrative, this transgender community, our core values and beliefs, plus our pastimes, such as fucking Ken and Barbie dolls, now showing up as pregnant Ken dolls. Why has all this been so strongly pushed, I ask? Why are we seeking out children to be drag queens and do drag shows? Has anyone heard about this latest push? So we've been I've been showing you videos of the of the of the kids in these drag shows that you guys have all seen on my social media. Um you know I got to be real now there's a push out there where they're actually looking for little babies to be drag queen runway people. They want them to, to walk the runway. Three, four, six, seven-year-olds. I think they said from ages seven to 13. I just, I've been looking for it all day. I can't find it. I've been looking for it. I was sent this. This is a real thing. This is a real thing. They're grooming the youth. So we can rid the alpha male. I'm just, I'm telling you, you, these feminists, this is what's happening. Whoever believes in the Bible, you might as well just say that's all bullshit. That's all bullshit. If you do believe in the Bible, right? That's all bullshit. It's all bullshit if you believe in the Bible because the Bible says everything opposite that's going on right now. So all these fake Christian fucks out here. Who claim they're Christian and all that. Why is it the Christian people that supposedly are so Christian faith based and so they don't cuss, they don't do this, but they'll rape your baby. They'll be a pedophile like a motherfucker. They'll steal all the money from the church like a motherfucker. And then they'll be a crookedest, most crooked politician in the world. Why are they so Bible faith based? But me, that don't talk about church and all that so much, I'm the criminal. I'm the bad. I'm the devil. It's fucking unbelievable. And then the people that believe it is what's even worse. You motherfuckers actually believe it. Or then they get caught red-handed and they apologize. And you're back at their church. You're the dumb fuck. They're the smart hustler. You got hustled, motherfucker, by every priest and pastor in the fucking congregation. (laughs) Um, Let me, I'm going to give you my take, though. I want to give you this take real quick. Uh, I believe in God. I got got a tattoo of Jesus on my leg. It says, I walk by faith, not by sight. This is how I look at life. I look at it real simple before I tell you my, my end all of this show. I'd rather there be a God, and I believe, right? And I go on to the pearly gates. But I'd rather believe in God, and if there isn't one, oh well. <laughs> like, what the fuck hurt is there? 
but not believing in God and the motherfucker shows up and pulls your ass from this earth, you're going to be a fucking regretful motherfucker. (laughs) Now that is a regret I will not have in my life. I rather believe and if he's not there, hey, so be it. We live the right, the great life in a fucked up world, right? If he is there and I don't believe in him, I just fucked myself. <laughs> um, but here's my take, all right? I want to make sure you guys see my take on this. Our most influenceable age group of humans are babies. They're kids. They're very influential. They're very easily influenced, right? They listen and believe everything you tell them if you're in school. You don't know if they're being lied to or not until you get older, right? Um, you're right, Wido, and that's not how you're supposed to do it because, again, you're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. I get all that shit. So I do firmly believe in him. Uh, I think if there is a God, he knows it. But I don't. I believe there is too many people out there saying, "White Oak made a great point that just in case and have that fake faith." And I don't believe you'll go to heaven anyway if there is a God. And if you're doing it just in case, I don't believe you're going to heaven. So I don't do it just in case, White Oak. Though, um, but I hear what you're saying. That is a real good point. People do say it just to say it, thinking that he's fooling the motherfucker. You ain't fooling the, the God and Almighty. Uh, like, if that's what they say, right? So, anyway, I'm just not a big, I'm just not a big spiritual person. Um, I, what I do with myself is what I do with myself. Like, if I believe and pray and do my thing, hey, you'll never know it. And it don't matter, right? Because whatever it is, it's between me and him. That's what they say matters. Fuck it. That's whoever they is. Just remember, they are a lot of motherfuckers. They and them dudes over there are fucking powerful. I'm going to tell you. And nobody knows who they are. Have you noticed that? Nobody knows who they are. Nobody shot Nipsey Hussle. Nobody shot Biggie. And nobody shot fucking Suge Knight. Nobody shot Tupac. Nobody knows what happened to Michael Jackson. Nobody knows what happened to Elvis. Nobody knows where Russell Wilson, uh, Russell uh, Simmons is. Nobody knows where Epstein is. Have you ever heard so many nobodies? Have you ever thought about that shit? <laughs> Have you ever thought about nobody knows who shot MLK? Well, nobody is a fucking famous motherfucker, man. That motherfucker's famous. I bet you the motherfucker that got shot knows who shot him. Everyone I know in the hood that got shot, they know exactly who shot them. Why is that? Why do we know exactly who shot us? Why? That's why they kill us. They don't want you to know. They don't they want you to know that nobody exists. Hey, nobody killed Dr. Sebi, who has all this holistic healing that's going on. And the government said, no, 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 no. You're taking too much big farm away from us. Pharmaceutical business is too big money. We got to kill you off, dog. Bye bye. That happens all the time in real life. Don't don't believe the, the bullshit. Here is my point, though. 
Sorry to steer off that. Here's my take. If the kids are the most influenced, this is deep, and you got to really listen on this one, man. I'm going to end you uh, this show on this. Appreciate everybody coming in. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. I got to be honest. If the most, if our babies are the most influenced, okay. Have you thought about our most influenceable age group of humans are being sex trafficked at all time highs, at all time rates? Why is this? Why is human sex trafficking of kids becoming such a huge thing in the last 10, 15 years? Have you thought about it? I've done some thinking on it. I've done some thinking on it. This is what I've taken away from it. If kids are being trafficked at an all-time high, maybe if kids are being trafficked and influenced to become this target, they will later in life target kids themselves and or become what they now have been taught to despise, which is what? A man. And they become what? A woman. I'm just going to let that resonate with you motherfuckers. I don't think you motherfuckers understand what I just said. I don't think you get what I just said. I will repeat it for you because I'm not done talking about it. If kids are being trafficked at an all-time high at a youthful age, they're becoming this target of these fucking pedophile weirdo fucks, right? And later in life, the hope of this targeting, in my opinion, is to become what they already despise, a man. Because men are the ones kidnapping these kids. Men are the ones putting them through this sex trafficking. So what happens for a lot of these serial killers out there later in life that we read about? What happens to a lot of these fucking rapists that you read about? R. Kelly, for instance. What, were, what, what, what happened to them when they were young? Were they not raped by a man? Have you not thought about this? So you go one or two ways. You either become a, a womanizer and you rape women, beat women, become this woman beater, which again, I don't give a fuck. I don't care what happened to you. You don't put it on someone else, you weak-minded fuck. Drop your nuts, motherfucker. It happened. I lived in a car my whole fucking early years. Did I fucking go out and rob and steal cars? Did I go out and try to kill a motherfucker because my life was fucked? No, I didn't. Because I didn't let mental health choose me. And I didn't choose it. R. Kelly got raped by his uncle. He became a womanizer. He became, that was his release. I have to, I have to fucking get this out on women now because I'm a fucking weirdo because my uncle fucked me. And now I'm going to become this womanizer. The other side of that flip coin is you become a rapist, murderer, fucking what have you. And the other side of it is I don't want to be a man no more because the man raped me. I want to be a woman. So I'm going to go trans. I'm going to turn into a trans. How many of the most influential people are being targeted? They found 90 kids in a home in Houston, Texas the other day in a in, in a in a affluent neighborhood. 
where the neighbors knew nothing and they saw this motherfucker go to work every day like normal shit. Have you guys seen that one? They haven't shown that on fucking CNN, have they? That's a real story out there. And you need to look into that one. 90 babies they found, young kids. And they said they heard nothing. They saw nothing. They didn't know nothing. And it's a bunch of little boys, mostly little girls. And this motherfucker, weirdo fuck, had 90 babies in there. Like, where's 90 parents at? 90 parents just don't even, you don't even hear from 90 parents out there. Just imagine 90 per people in one home. Imagine how many kids are being sex trafficked in America, in the world. They're doing it to the kids so they can teach the kids. Hopefully, they train them to become this feminist, transgender, gay, fucking homo, whatever you want to call it. This is my take on the shit. It's happening at all-time high, much too fast. But here's the kicker of all this. I believe the majority is still against transgenders. I think the majority of Americans are still against transgenders. I think they're against the LGBTQT community. I believe they're against drag queens and babies and kids being in those places. But the minority voices have become so loud that the majority just takes it in without any pushback. They take it in without any pushback and without any fight. The majority, who I just said, I still believe the majority are the good. I believe the majority is against all this. But the majority is silent. Why is it silent? And why are we not voicing our opinions? Why are we not barking back? Why are we not fighting back? Let me ask you guys this, though. This is even a colder one for all you on the left and all you on the right and all you pro-Trump and all you pro-Biden and whatever you want to hear. Everyone loves Joe Rogan, right? Everyone thinks that any all Trumpers like Joe Rogan, right? Let me be real. If Joe Rogan's so fucking great, see, this is the difference between real and who you think is real. I'm real because whether I like Joe Rogan or not, I'm going to tell you about the motherfucker. I don't know. I don't watch the show. I don't know nothing about the guy. So obviously he don't fucking intrigue me, but I'm just going to be real with you. If the LGBTQ is so strong with, the, with their voice and we got so much shit going on with transgenders right now and we're trying to to feminize America and we're trying to get rid of alpha males and we're trying to do all this shit, right? That's my point. You lose your job because you're getting canceled. Well, where are the people that are getting canceled? We're the majority. Where's our, our voice should swallow this fucking, we should be swallowing the minority, but we're scared little bitches. We don't want to come out. But anyway, back to Joe Rogan. Let me ask you this about this whole real motherfucker Joe Rogan y'all love. Why aren't more people with strong voices ever on Joe Rogan's show? Why aren't they on Howard Stern's show? Why aren't they on ESPN, Fox, CNN showing how we don't like it or won't tolerate it anymore? Or better yet, we are being controlled by puppets in the show.
We have become the puppets in the show, fucking fellas. If you don't realize we've become puppets in the show, and now the world is a big old fucking puppet show. We are Kermit the fucking frog. And can't fucking wake up and figure it out. The silent majority is getting our fucking asses whooped, people. Because we are exactly that. Silent. We are silent. Get loud, fucking people. Get loud so they can hear us in the back. Be the loud fuck on the front lawn that everyone on Twitter talks shit about because I talk shit about everything and keep it real. I'll be the loud motherfucker on the front lawn, homie. Be the fucking voice in your household, in your community. Be the fucking voice in your school. Be the guy in your office. Lucy, be the fucking woman in your office that says, fuck this. It ain't right. I'm not telling you to get fired because you'll get canceled. I get it. All I'm telling you is something has to change. We need to get louder. The majority, I believe, still is against the fucking Kendall being pregnant. I think that the majority still is against transgenders swimming against females, biological females. I believe the majority still exists in a positive manner. I believe the majority exists that we want America to be the best again. But I believe the majority is silent. And I'm just telling you, dude, I'm telling you guys, man. We are fucked, and we're headed down a path that's just, in, in my opinion, has no return. And we're letting it happen. That's the real shit. I, you know, you never trust your government. Don't, don't think you trust your government for a minute. Um, but we're, we're allowing prostitution now. What, 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 what do you think that's happening for? Why do you think they want transgender prostitution? <laughs> like, call me. You guys shitting me? They don't want you, motherfucker. So, man, I'm just telling you, I'm not going to, this show's already hitting three hours. I'm not going to push it too much longer on that because this show, I could talk about the whole Roe versus Wade thing, a whole show. I can make it a whole show itself. Uh, maybe I will. I don't know. Um, I think women got fucked today. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's women that, got, that get raped out there um, that now have to have a baby. Like, that ain't America. I am a proud American. I'm just going to keep it 100. I'm a proud American. Um, I always love America. I'm proud American. I'm American, right? I'm not proud to be in America. I'm going to keep it real. I'm not proud to be in this motherfucker. I'm proud. Uh, I'm a proud American. I'm not proud to be in this motherfucker right now. I, mean, I got to keep it real. And... Just as easy as I've been canceled, you'll be the next one canceled. And anyone with a strong personality or voice will be canceled. But you know what? My daddy, rest in peace, that motherfucker taught me I'll never have skin. I'll never have fucking scabs on my kneecaps because I'll never suck dick and I'll never kiss ass. That's what I'll go out with. That's all I got. I only have my dignity. That's all I have. I will die with my dignity. Government can come kill me. You can come do whatever. I will die with my dignity. And 
It is what it is. I don't give a fuck. Contrary to belief, I don't give a fuck what the popular opinion is. I'm most likely to go against it just on GP. So, <laughs> because I'm different. I'm different. I'm different. I don't want, it's, it's easy to be average, homie. It's easy to be average. I'm different. I want to be different. I want my kid different. I want my dogs to be different. <laughs> you guys have no idea. There's a reason I didn't put Stogie down because he attacked my dogs. Me and that motherfucker had it out. We've had multiple fights, and I ain't going to ever share all that. Me and Stogie has had blood baths in my house. You'll never know stories. But if you see my arms and hands, you'll know what ha something happened. I ain't going to ever tell on a motherfucking my dog. He didn't attack me not one time. Never attacked me. But I'm the alpha. I would beat his ass for doing something crazy. And Stogie was a fucking alpha too. And you know what alphas do? They respect each other. Because real recognizes real. And that's what they do. Anyway... That's my dog, homie. I get emotional talking about him. So I'm going to head the fuck out of here. You guys enjoy the weekend. Much love to all you motherfuckers. I love y'all. I'll see you like on Monday. Peace.